And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Jagos and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every freaking episode of Book of Boba Fett. That sounded kind of passive-aggressive. <laughs> I actually really like this episode. In this episode, Boba teams up with Fennec Shan to get back his fire spray. And in the present, they start gathering their allies, maybe? I, I didn't write that last part. Where they will be! Arms flying, mods modding, and not enough kissing for my liking. We're talking about Book of Boba Fett episode, The Gathering Storm, this week. Woo, that was a hot mess coming out of the gate! <laughs> <laughs> not doing? enough kissing is in no kissing at all there was I no know. at all there needs to be more kissing because B- boba and finnick are absolutely flirting in this i guess the sarlacc was almost trying to kiss but they weren't having it the, the sarlacc was like you were in my mouth first boba i'm gonna get that bitch that took you away from me hey guys i'm the sarlacc sarlacc he the sarlacc's you. just just really into vor. Huh? The Sarlacc's just really into vor. Oh, well, yeah, that's what the Sar... Well, it's not supposed to be the Sarlacc that's into vor. Although I, I'm sure there is Sarlacc vor out there. It's the... I think the people that Do are I dare vor, Google it? I don't think... I No, well, oh, well, you'll find it. <laughs> if you look hard enough, you'll find it. But I'm just saying, I think the like people that l- enjoy the vor are, like are the what like there people, is they, they want they want to be sarlacc vor, the, huh? There is absolutely a sarlacc vor. Of course there is, because the sarlacc eats, and that's and there's people that just want they just want to be eaten. Hope they just want to be consumed by something that 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 will but, and and be consumed and feed and nourish something. Hey, I'm not I'm not a King shaming. People don't yeah. like. I know. It's it's an exciting night for us because of course we always record in advance. So tomorrow we have both Andor and Tales of the Jedi coming I out. I know, and I'm probably not gonna be able to see either of them. I I I'm, I really want to see Tales of the Jedi, but it's also unknown quantity to me. To, so it's just in that mystery no, uh, well, thing. But I'm well. No, no, let me help you. It's six shorts like Star Wars Visions and. I I think they're running. They run between ten minutes to I think twenty two minutes. Depending yeah, on I the think sh- it's like an under and it's like an hour and twelve minutes worth of or an hour and a half. Yeah, and because so it's, it's not all one thing, I think they're they're probably separate episodes like Vision. So. Mm-hmm. So. That's what I believe. That's what I believe it is. And but at the same time, I I so when I watch it, I'm probably going to watch the whole. Th- I mean, I I don't see how I'm not going to just watch the whole thing. But yeah, I just might not get a chance to. Oh, and and but Andor, like I'm I'm waiting with bated breath for Andor because every episode is really good. I get it's I do that so I do good. that thing where I keep checking to see how much longer it is going, and like sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, we're only halfway through, 
And it's funny because, like, I guess at first they thought it's it's um, ratings weren't that good, but I guess its ratings are better than they thought it was. Oh but yeah, the not, person came out and said that he put in the data wrong by accident. Some some somebody yeah that was they like inputted the data wrong or or something like that. Or they could just be I mean it's streaming services, so who knows? They could all just be making it up at this, but. Uh, at the same time, I haven't heard people complaining and bitching and crying about it, but I have been hearing about people like I've mostly when I see even the Internet, like YouTube people talking about it. They're sort of like, why aren't more people getting into this? Because it's really interesting and it is. It's really well written. It's really well acted. But I can oh, yeah. understand if you're into Star Wars for a certain sort of thing it's it's it might not be that but at the same time i like that thing we've always been sort of like you know yeah. we, like back at even back at clone wars we were like oh you know like well the bad political episodes are pretty bad and and i don't know maybe i thought at first we just liked them because it was so clunky in the prequel movies and it was better handled in the cartoons but no i just like the i like the political stuff and i've been waiting for a show that focuses heavily on the machinations of the of the empire and, and there's how, also you know, the, the bureaucratic just the banal bureaucratic hell of it and then how that like translates into just evil and this oh, does yeah. a very good job of it and it also does a very good job of all the different people who are in it either really into it really into it don't know that they're evil really into it and are evil or are maybe not it you know there's just this whole let you know people who are just like day job this is my day job mm -hmm. <laughs> this I, I i chose it this this seemed like a stable career you know so but it's it's really interesting and then the and then the design aspect of it is really great i i noticed this time i was just like you know it's funny like how like we we associate black with the empire but then i'm like these are all their like stuff at coruscant so it's like the public end of the empire so they're like let's make it all white and nice and tidy and clean and you know good and white looking but when you get on one of our ships everything's black <laughs> you know i it's 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 great oh yeah it is absolutely amazing like i am just you know to go back to something you were saying earlier about um like the the biggest criticism i had was i that that i not that i had but that i heard from people um which was they really liked it they really understood it um they thought it was really well made but they were just having trouble connecting with it um and I I can understand that yeah. some people come to Star Wars as an escapism. Um, and it is such a real world show that it's it's force it, it's not pulling punches and it's forcing the audience to look at themselves, which is not something that Star Wars usually does. Um, to think of like, you know, like are you the Tim? Are you the Bix? Are you the Cassian? Are you the Cyril? 
the Cyril Karn, like, like, who are you in this narrative? Because yeah. it's based on such real world stuff that I can understand the show making people very uncomfortable. Well, um, I mean, you know, it, it, but it, it, I mean, that's just the formula. I mean, like you could watch a World War Two, just like, you know, we we're saying about Rogue One, you could watch a World War Two spy movie of, you know, like resistance spies you know people you know just the the locals who have banded together to fight the nazis and stuff and it's almost the same story just set, set with different you know trappings and in different place in in set in space and and not here but what it's the same sort of story but then again those those sort of stories aren't like they were really popular for a while like a certain amount of time after but world war ii yeah, but there, there's not, like, that aside, there's some, like, really real stuff. Like, Cassian, who's a brown man, getting stopped for just walking and gets put in jail. Like, that happens in our everyday life, in our real world now. And well, that's, it, that's an uncomfortable thing. And, like, of course, it's not a racism thing in Star Wars, but it is co- deeply coded <laughs> in stuff like that. No, it was, it, I mean, like, I, I love that scene because it's, the 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 irony involved in it but the thing was is it, it is is it wasn't as much that he was a brown person no no that's why i'm not a, that's why i said it's not is, the hold, let that, me finish, that reflects in the movie when you see it hold but on I mean, we, we're hold on i didn't hear that because we're talking over each other um what did you just say i was saying like is it is like that them going like you come here you know that whole thing it wasn't it, it he was just like, That's why I specifically said it's not a race thing in Star right, Wars, right. but it's coded to be one. It is sort. Of, it is, but it's also like well, actually, like I was just gonna say it. It. it um, I was gonna um, draw a line to it to like you know the Jewish ghettos and stuff, but that was a racial thing too. <laughs> but I mean, just the uh, sort of the 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 actions of fascists governments where they where you know that they they make a calculation and then he's the human you know they're they're just like all right just sweep people up you know that 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 trooper knows he's got to come in they're like bring in 50 people you know so we'll get the runners this guy he looks he looks like he could have been running he he looks and he's sort of dressed like those guys that were running around you know, we'll bring him in too because it doesn't matter. We're just supposed to bring in fifty people. You know, we're just we're we're cracking down, and it di- and like it didn't matter if he was really. You know, it, it, that was the what the double irony of it was. Yeah. It didn't matter that he wasn't doing anything, and then he gets a longer sentence because of the crackdown that of something that he had done. <laughs> Did you did you see? I was so surprised to see that you Lauren was there. Yes, and what's I was, funny is I didn't I didn't like know that was coming, and like I was looking like I I I was like that's you Lauren because the voice the way the the actor really like nailed his. I mean it, I'm like that's got to be you Lauren. So I'm looking in the credits and stuff, and I didn't see it anywhere. And then I went online and then I found out, yes, they said, yes, it is you, Lauren. And I'm yeah. like, it had to be just his mannerisms and his his Stash. vocal style. Yeah, and everything, everything was there. And it was and I was just like, it's got to be. It's just got to be. 
It's got to um, be. It's just I, I missed it the first time because when I watch it the first time through, I don't use subtitles because I just want to enjoy it. And then when I watch it later, um, I use subtitles. And so on Disney Plus, it actually says in the Disney Plus uh, uh, subtitles that it's you, Lauren. That it's you, Lauren. So, uh, whoops. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw that in one of the article or articles about it or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just like, it's got to be him. All right, now we're doing the we're doing the indoor show. Yeah, yeah, we need to um do It's okay this. folks, it's just a preview of the indoor show cuz we're going to go fucking batshit over this show. You this better show, like expect like 3-hour episodes. Every on. time I watch an episode of this, I'm like, this is just like they're making they're just like, okay, let's uh let's feed Hope and Chris's show. It's all I, it's, I honestly don't know how we're, we're going to avoid doing like not doing 3-hour episodes when we get to Andor. Maybe we're going to have to maybe we're going to have to like speed up the recording or something so it takes longer than really like mess with gene when he speaks <laughs> it up or yeah but anyway book a book of fed did you enjoy this episode i enjoyed i like this episode a lot i like this episode a lot too actually um my only right. real criticism is the same criticism i had for the last episode um which is, but i think it wasn't as it wasn't as bad this week um, where last week it was like, oh, the pacing issues everywhere. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it too. I there's a lot of stuff I really like in this one. Yeah, not just shipping wise. Oh yeah, well there's that. Yes. I did not practice this name. Hold on, hope needs to stare at this name for a second. Tancharan, Owen, Tanchar, Tancharan. Tancharan. Tantra Rowan. Tantra Rowan. Tantra Rowan. Okay. I just wanted to, I meant to practice it earlier. Tantra Rowan. Tantra Rowan. All right. Well, you ready to get into it? I'm ready. I'm, though I was really surprised StarWars.com did not do an episode guide for this episode. Weird. I have. Yeah, so I have like barely any background information because Book they didn't of Boba have... Fett is weird. It's like they they're ignoring. Like I can't find. I have a hard time finding pictures, screenshots online from the show. Every other show ever in existence has eight million screenshots of every scene that you can dig out. Book of Boba Fett. It's a. I put in Book of Boba Fett, Rancor, Danny Trejo, and didn't come up with a picture of. Danny Trejo in the book of Boba Fett with a rancor. You know what? How, uh, how is that? How? I, how? I don't know. But there's a magical thing called print screen and there's a free app called paint. That's how I do my screenshots for the waffles. <laughs> I just, oh, I mean, I could, I could, when I'm watching the episode, if I'm thinking of it, I could go like, oh, I like this and grab my own screenshots. But like sometimes I go online just to look at, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, shots to even take a screenshot of like when i did image searches on two different search engines one of them being google and and, and, and i did eventually find pictures but i had to look usually i usually i should just have to put book of boba fett in the name of the episode in an image search and it's just sort of uh you know the screen just fills with screenshots of of all the episodes that, you know, from various articles or that people have put up or something that talk and not book of Boba Fett, just barely anything. Thank God I got the soundtrack. Yeah. 
Ooh, apparently they just released the Andor soundtrack as we keep the talking Andor about Andor. The uh, Andor soundtrack is out, yes. Yes, yes. Um, anyway, anyway. <laughs> We're getting off track again, so you ready? I am ready. The Gathering Storm is... I did not change this. What episode of Book of Boba Fett is this? Is for, the fourth. Uh, fourth? No, it's the fifth. It is the fourth episode, The no, Gathering the, Storm. No, it's the fifth. You we think we're one episode? We, we had three Tuscan episodes, the episode with the mods, and now this one. Nope. Hold on! No! You're wrong! <laughs> Our last episode. Okay. Okay, Disney here we Plus. go. I'm, I got my book I'm in. Open. We are we're racing book to prove Boba each Fett, other wrong. number one is J Guys and Jedi, number 339. Episode 339 is the first episode of Book of Boba Fett. Episode 340 is the second episode of Book of Boba Fett. Episode Shut up, it's the fourth episode. Shut up, it's the fourth episode, right? Right, you're thinking we're ahead. Well, you know what it is. It's your brain fooling you because the last episode, we should be be on uh, one episode ahead, but we we sidelined with our special episode last week. Which they oh, I'm having like heard. a Bernstein Bears moment. Hold on. It's because we did the episode with your sister. So you're just thinking we're we're further along. Like, see what I'm saying? Last yeah. week's episode was, was Hope's sister spilling secrets about Hope. No, no. It, my brain it, my brain went there are three Tuscan episodes and then the mods were the separate episode. But then, no, they were the same episode. They, they were anyway, together. Yeah, they I were had together. a Bernstein Bears moment. It's fine, everybody. Oh, right. Anyway, um... Hope's Mandeling. I am so hard tonight. The Gathering... And the funny thing... And the funny thing is, you were the one that was just like, man, I'm really tired tonight. I was like, I'm fine. (laughs) But apparently I'm tired. The Gathering Storm is the fourth episode of Book of Boba Fett. (laughs) It aired on January 19th, 2022. It was written by John Favreau and directed by Kevin Tech... uh, I practiced... Tantra Rowan. Some extra. <laughs> we practiced and practiced it, then we tangent it and ruined all your practice. Kevin Tantra Rowan. There we go. I just had to say it a few times. My Tantra Rowan. Some extra information for you. The Modifier is played by Steven Bruner, who is better known by his stage name, Thundercat. He is an American-based guitarist, singer, and songwriter who has produced many of his own albums and has collaborated with the Gorillas, Mac Miller, and the Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Star Wars' own Donald Glover. This is his current acting uh, role, as it was his debut work, and he, but he said in an interview that it was an honor because he has, uh, has been a Star Wars fan for his entire life. And finally, the archway over the entrance uh, of the mod shop, that is. The archway over the entrance of the mod shop featured a hand-painted crate dragon skeleton whose ribs formed the word modifier written written in outer rim basic. You know what's funny is is, uh, Thundercat reminded me, he doesn't really look a lot like my friend Mark Martin. But he played the part. I'm like, this is how Mark Martin would have played this part. And Mark Martin is a bass player, too. So it may be a bass player thing. Oh, that's cool. Huh. Sort of cool. (laughs) 
You know who's also sort of cool? Mm, very cool. You're cool very cool. Cool hip dude. Hey. Oh, Yoda, you're so great. And Yay, sit on it. <laughs> you know, Yoda, you are just so wonderful and great and... and and you're the number one, and surely... I can insult Yoda you are, I can tell. No, 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 absolutely not. No, no, Yoda. You're about no. to make Yoda very happy you are. I am about to make you happy. Oh, really? Yoda likes to be happy. Yeah, absolutely. So, Yoda, question for you. A question for Yoda, yes. Yes, and it's actually about one of your very good friends. Happy question for Yoda. Here it comes. So tomorrow, Tales of the Jedi comes out. Aren't you excited that Yaddle gets to be in her own short? See, Yoda knows Yoda did that you were doing that. Yoda just kidding that he didn't see that coming. Well, you're in Tales of the Jedi, too, so you guys got to work again together. You got to work again with Yaddle. Isn't that great? Yeah. Green screened in. Yaddle would not be in the room with Yoda. Wow. Yaddle got paid more than Yoda, too. She got, well, she is Same agent Yoda and Yaddle have, too. You guys have the same agent? Not happy. Not happy. Huh. I wonder if it's because... with the Space, space Brillstein Agency. You... <laughs> well, actually, Yoda, I think you have a case. You should call a lawyer. You want to know why? <laughs> a lawyer Yoda will call. No, do you want to know why? Why? Today, I actually wrote an article about Yaddle, and I found out that she was half your age. I think, <clears throat> you, should, I think you should sue them for... Says she is half Yoda's age. Says she's half Yoda's age. Much makeup you... Yaddle wears if everybody will notice. Notice Yoda. Yaddle, Yaddle, Tammy Faye, Space Tammy Faye Baker. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think you should sue them for ageism. That they're mm-hmm. holding funds from, from you because she mm-hmm. they're paying her because she's younger. That's why she got what paid if... more. What if Yoda was to say that Yaddle might be older than y- Yoda? <gasps> much, much. Has she had plastic surgery? Has she has plastic surgery? Mm, hard to do plastic surgery on Force users. Mm. Did very, she also very go dangerous. to the? Did she also go uh, to the after mod shop? the spackle makeup on? Spackle it on. Did she also go to the mod shop? Is that why she looked so young? Maybe modded. Maybe special soakers. You know, back to tank for Yaddle all the time. Yes, maybe. Well, maybe, I'm just gonna... maybe safety pins on the back of Yaddle's head to pull skin taut. Maybe. Ugh. It's not saying definitely, but maybe. Yoda well, has heard things. I'm taking notes because it sounds like you're breaking a story for me to, to write for work. George George Lucas, drunk around Yoda has been, yes. Oh! Maybe told Yoda a few things, yes, maybe. Interesting. Hmm. Well, I have taken notes and I will absolutely break this story. We will take Yaddle down together. Hmm. Close your eyes when Yaddle is on screen. 
and clap when Yoda is on screen. I will Hooray! clap when Yoda. I will be like, there's my boy. Yeah. Well, we have refreshments for you in your trailer. It's always so great to see you. Refreshments? Yeah. He was off like a shot as soon as he said that. Oh, I'm certainly not These writing Hollywood this. types, man, they are just like, uh I'm not going to write that story. He doesn't have internet on Dagobah. <laughs> Fuck that. I'll waste that time. I mean, he's old. You got to give him what he wants. Good thing Yoda doesn't have internet. Yeah, I think his trailer has bugs in it, but, you know, he probably eats bugs, so there, there's I, a snack. I, I, would, I, would, I would pay money to see the browser, Yoda's browser history, though. Uh, you're brave. <laughs> As someone who who Googled at the beginning of this episode, Sarlacc Vor, you're a braver man than I am. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> mm. Oh, man. Mm. Anyway, are you ready to get to this? Yes, it's time for Book of Boba Fett, so you guys know what time it is. Nappy time. time! Nappy time! I was like, look at Boba Fett. <laughs> He's got his little mat out. <laughs> On oh, his little his little stuffed bantha. Little blankie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love. <laughs> they should make a stuffed animal called Nappy Time Boba. <laughs> Nappy Time Boba. You take him in the bathtub with you and put him in the bottom of the bathtub and bubbles come up. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the song? It would instead, be like... instead of wrinkled, he comes out like smoother and like healthier. He like he's like one of those things that soaks, like one of those like slimy things that soaks up stuff. So he's all wrinkled up when you put him in, and when you put him out, he's all smooth and healthy. And it would have its own like little theme song, like like nappy time boba. Put yep. him in the water, Wondered comes out, and sell... he is much hotter. <laughs> Wondering why they can't sell. Star Wars toys and they don't come to us. Right, right. I'd buy a nappy time boba. Nappy time boba fett with his own little back to tank. Actually, you could make little Actually, candy, Chris, like, like boba fets that are made out of like, you know, like flavoring and they dissolve in the back to tank and then you have a delicious drink. <laughs> Chris. It's with with little gum. He dissolves into little gummy balls and it's called boba tea. <laughs> Aww. But Chris, you're so wrong. The back to tank would be sold separately because capitalism. Yes, it would be. <laughs> and they're like, Phoenix Chan not included. That would be great to have like sippy cups that are back to tank that just have a little Boba Fett or Luke Skywalker suspended or Anakin suspended in them. That would be. I'd pay for it. And now we can have Obi-Wan too, because he got back to the He got back to too, yes. Yeah. yeah. Every time someone back to every time someone gets back to they can make a new cup. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, act one. Act one. We open with a nappy time boba. Nappy time boba. <laughs> So of course that means it's time for a flashback, which is actually two-thirds of the episode, so strap in. <laughs> so, in our flashback, past Boba is all sad, because he just lost all his Tuscan friends, and he's riding around on the, the, the desert with his noble Bantha Steve. And Bantha Steve is like, it's okay, Master, we're gonna be together forever! 
and Boba's riding around, and he gets to Jabba's palace, and which is this is during the time period where it's still under Bib Fortuna, and he's scoping out the place and he's looking for something, and he sees that there's a lot of guards, and he's like, "I'm sorry, Steve. There's still too many people. We're we're gonna have to camp out for tonight." So they mosey around more in the desert that night, and they're sitting around a campfire, and suddenly, in the darkness, it's broken up by flares shooting up in the sky. And Boba looks over and he's like, hey, look, Steve, they're filming the Mandalorian over there. Let's go watch them film the Mandalorian. And so he gets on Steve and he rides over to the Mando set. And by the time he gets there, they're already done filming Mando. And he's like, oh, we missed it. Hey, who's that? Maybe they forgot something. And he walks over and it's Fennec Shand. And And he takes her shoulder and he rolls her over and he's like, Wow, she's beautiful. Don't fall in love. I can't. I can't have connections. But she's dying and she's barely alive. So he scoops her up, and he puts her on Steve, and they ride to the nearest Moss Whatever town. So they get to Moss Whatever, and he goes over to the mod par- par- parlor, and guys, he bridal carries her. He bridal carries her into the mod parlor and he walks in and he finds the what was the dude's called the modifier um he finds the modifier and he's like sir this man will be my future wife you must save her life and the dude's like you got an appointment he's like i have a feeling that i'm going to be stuck by bureaucratic red tape in the future by a twilight that's a really good fun good character but we don't have time for that right now. She's dying, sir. Here's money. And he throws money at the guy. And the mod guy's like, okay. And so then he he gets uh, the money. And he's just like, I will fix this woman for you. And he starts adding cybernetics inside Fennec. And Bobo watches like a creeper going, yes, that's my wife. So later, after uh, Fennec is all fixed up, she wakes up to find Boba and Steve, and they're in the middle of de- the middle of the desert. And honestly, she freaks out the right amount. You know, like I—it's I, understandably that she'd be a bit freaked out. She now has robot parts in her. The last thing she remembers, she got shot. So I actually like Bravo Mingna win for the whole like, what has happened to me? Like, good job. I like I like that acting. And Boba's like, aren't you? Aren't you Phoenix Shand? She's like, yeah, are you a bounty hunter? Like, if you're here for my bounty, like, I'll pay you double for it. He's like, no, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big old fan of yours. And she's like, who, who are you? He's like, I'm Boba Fett. She's like, Boba's dead. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure he doesn't look like you. And he's like, no, I'm Boba Fett. And I, I, I did die, but... My beautiful Tuscan family, they took me in, and then the swoop king came. Hold on, I need a moment. And Phoenix's like, okay, I'm just gonna drink this melon. Cute mystery man who rescued me. And he's like, you think I'm cute? And she's like, I didn't say that. Are you done crying? He's like, yes. The swoop game came in and killed my family, my Tuscan family. And even Phoenix like, I don't think the swoop gang can kill the Tuscans, which should have been the first major red flag for Boba, but it's not because he is all set on revenge. So set on revenge that he missed Finnick waving the biggest red flag of the show. And Boba's like, I just need to get my ship. 
so I'll tell you what, beautiful woman. If you help me get the fire spray, we'll call our debts even. And Boba literally says the word fire spray and hundreds of dude bros set to Twitter to cry on it. And she was like, all right, I think I'm getting the better end of this deal, but sure, I'll help you get your ship and pay off your debt, my debt. And then they set off to go storm Jabba's palace. What do you think of Act 1? Blum, blum, blum. I, I, um, like, I didn't even notice that he said fire spray. I'm one of the people who I think, I think, like, we have to call it something different is stupid. But at the same time, it doesn't bother me because I understand it's Disney. And, like, and, I mean, they're going to do stuff that... They're, they're going to do stuff that that side of Star Wars fandom hates, and they're going to do si- stuff that other sides of Star Wars, <laughs> that, that people that don't like, like they, they, they're going to they're gonna basically piss off everybody because it's such a huge audience. But I think that I think it's dumb. It's the, you know, the slave one. But like calling it the fire spray is also like you, you have a car named Matilda, but it's also a Chevy Charger or whatever. I think they're Chevy Chargers. So it's saying the Charger, you know. So whatever. It's not like it's not uh, offensive that he to me that he calls it the fire spray. It's not offensively stupid. I think it's just like, you know, I mean, there's the the. Um, Slave is used in so many different contexts from computer equipment to people's sex lives. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I have... It's, it's like, you know... So, so yeah. And... Yeah, like, I, I have no strong feelings one way or the other. Like, I, I understand the argument for Slave 1. Totally get it. I... I, but I also have no feelings about the fire spray either. It's, uh, I, but I, I also, just always... also like I'm not a ship person, like at all. Like I just, right. I, unless it's like a ship, like I super like, like the ghost. The ghost is like part of the ghost crew, right? Or the Millennium Falcon, like. But even then, like I don't, I care more about the ghost than the Millennium Falcon. But I'm not 20 like. Twenty years from now, they change the name of the ghost to the spirit because we find out that ghosts are real, but that's a slur against. <laughs> yeah, like I. Or it has just, a bad connotation from like people ghosting, you know, ignoring that, people online. That's, kind of an, that's actually a very interesting thing that language does evolve. Um, yeah. So language will change and evolve and over culture. time. And, yeah, and, too. And culture will change around language too. So yeah. Yeah, but all... like I, I, I'm not like one of those people who it's like, oh, it's a T five dash Aquilin class. Right. You, yeah, you me bug. neither. But like, I totally get people who are like, I have weird things I like, and you know, I'm, more forward to I'm, those people. I'm good with like X wing, Tie fighter, Star Destroyer. Super Star Destroyer. You know? I I will say I and, I did like the Chimera because it was Thrawn ship, but I didn't like it because it was a ship. I liked it because it was Thrawn ship. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And even so, you're just calling it by its like ship name and not by its like technical right. name, but unless it, it is have a, a cool like I... paint scheme on the bottom. They had a paint scheme, uh-huh. so. Yeah. Oh, like, you know, I'm not a car person, but I love the car from the Mad Max movies. I would drive that car. 
I am in no way a car person. I'm like, as long as it gets me from point A to point B, that's about as far as I care about. I don't even have one, so. (laughs) Yeah, I, uh. I was when I when I was car shopping. I was looking at Kia Souls because I think they're cute. But even then, like I I didn't. I ended up getting a Toyota Corolla. It's a sedan like, <laughs> because it it was cheaper than a Soul and it gets me from point A to point B. All right. So my notes. I I love that the mod shop is basically it's like it's like a it's it's a sort of a cross between a garage and a tattoo shop. I, I, I have really so cool. many feelings about the mod shop. And and then uh and uh then a first in Star Wars and I don't know, maybe a first ever is a techno music surgery montage. <laughs> 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 you know, think about that. When was the last time you saw one of those? Um yeah, I have also had the note that yeah, Fennec already knows it's it's I don't know if she knows it's the pikes, but she knows like look that that was somebody higher up but i think fennec just hates that swoop gang anyway so he just hurt fennec or uh, boba just hates that swoop gang anyway he hated him I, from the beginning when he was with the kid he even picked them to go beat up to get the to get he he like technically he started it with them <laughs> he just I, went and found them and beat them up and took their land speeders i i have some some too so yeah, I got my other my other note is also my other my last note is is also something I'm sure you're going to have something to say more to say about than me. But at least Boba finally like cops to feeling some responsibility for the Tuscans death. But then again, it's just a one off line that I had to back up to make sure that like that's how he phrased it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> But that's yeah. all I got for part one. I I, I enjoyed part one though. It, it was uh, it, it's just the, the 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 style of this episode is just fun. It's very Star Warsy and just sort of you know let letting things play like it's sort of mopping up all the storyline up until now and getting it ready for the second second part of the show. But um. It's 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 just very Star Warsy the way it shows you you know a different world in in its just functioning. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got. My first note in big letters, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again: it's so fucking dark. Like, I hate this trend in. Yeah, and this was actually on the news. Because it's gonna, it's gonna date all the stuff from this time period. It is because it was actually on the news because, just like Game of Thrones, House of Dragons, people were like, "It's so fucking dark. Like, why is this an artistic choice? We literally can't see it." Like, and it's like I could understand in Phoenix's first episode, so the gunslinger. Like, did I hate them fighting in the dark? Yes, but I also understand it because it's hiding Mingna wins. Du- stunt double because if you could see it you could probably tell it was not me not win um and and mando and toro stunt doubles as well but like when it's just boba standing there and like riding on a bantha like it drives me crazy because i i can't see it and i just add the to quote the movie clue the flames the f- the fire the flames are just in my mind the flames so like that's how i feel every time i'm just like i can't see what fucking is happening 
I want to see Boba's face when he like turns over Finnick and like, uh, and my brightness is all the way up. And I'm like, I can't go brighter. <laughs> uh, it drives me crazy. Uh, my monitor, my new monitor is much better for it. So a lot of like, I haven't been noticing it this time around, but I definitely noticed it the first. My monitor was so bad before that some stuff would just be black with little blur blurbs moving along in it, like in Game of Thrones, with a lot of movies. There would be a lot of movies where I'm like, why am I even bothering watching this? I'm just listening to it right now, but, you know? Even Game of Thrones was by far the worst. Like, we actually paused the battle, battle Winter Fell, turned up our backlight, turned up our brightness, we turned off all the lights and we still could not see it. And see, we, I assume and we I have a nice like, TV. <laughs> I was trying to and I was like, this is so dark that there this this has gotta be a thing. This has gotta be a, a technique they're using and they're being like, We're gonna be ballsy and 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 I'm like, Okay, but it's not really working and it's feeling to me more like maybe the special effects really sucked here <laughs> and somebody right? was like i know it all happens in the dark yeah I, yeah i got an idea thanks george lucas <laughs> um Ex but, excuse me back here what if it were dark and then everyone's like you get a franchise ah! Ooh, let that guy in <laughs> um but to get into like my my real notes um, I love, one thing I really like about this show, because it started, like, with the Rancor, and now it's, it's with the Bantha, I like Boba with animals. It's, it's such a cute side, and it, to me, was also kind of unexpected for his character, uh, because at no point, like, think about Boba in the Clone Wars, like, he just does not give a shit about people, like, granted, he's a teenager, and, you know, they very much lack empathy I a lot of the times, but I love this because I, you can you can tell a lot about a person by how they treat animals. Well, I think this is a per, I think this is a deep dot a deep reference for the the longtime Boba Fett fans because well well for one Boba Fett was a you know was an evil asshole you know th but that's the thing is we don't get much of Boba Fett. But we don't really have much to work on on how bad Boba Fett was before he had his rebirth. But we do know from the Star Wars Holiday Special that if you go back and rewatch the first scene, and and there's also the reference where he, in in the um, episode where he got his rancor, where he's like, "I've ridden animals ten times the size," which is about the size of the animal he was riding oh, in the Holiday true. Special. That's and true. he was being a total dick to it. And he's just like, and Luke was like, hey, why are you treating that animal? Why, you know, why are you being mean to that animal? He's just like, it's just a stupid animal. It's, you know, it doesn't matter. And, you know, he just, he to treats it with total, like, just like callous disregard and contempt. So I think they did that to show, like, you know, basically Boba Fett grew a sense of empathy, you know and uh and got humbled and grew a sense of empathy but i think they definitely made him um very into animals and that was something that happened after post tuscan you know so yeah. uh so so i i think that was for the the fans who go back to the the star wars holiday special i think that's directly to 
to reference his character from that where he was being where he was just being that 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 was the most prickish Boba Fett we ever see in all of Star Wars. Yeah. The most like, you know, it has Darth Vader calling him, you're the best. But ba- well, now we'll see why you're the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. You know, bah. yeah, you lied to anybody. So, I agree with that. I think that's a that's a really good take. Yeah. Um. So there's a little musical cue when Boba sees the flares and it's just like a little bit of a, like a diddle from Mando's theme. And they do it that a couple of times. It helps people. It's, it, it's, you know, a little, little nudge to people like, okay, here's where we are in the time period, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's just a cool little moment because um, it's just like the lulu and they do it again yeah. at the end of the episode as well. So there's a few like little Mando themes like slid in there. But I, I just like it. I think it's it's a nice use of the music. <laughs> My last small note. It says, Boba bridal carries Finnick. A bridal carry, Chris. <laughs> he bridal carries. I guess. Her. I guess. I don't know if it's a space a- bridal carry, but yeah. He's bridal carrying her. They love each other. You see... Here's the thing is, I would have been a little resistance to your, like, they could be in love type of thing. But there's that whole conversation they have where, you know, he's like, it's not money I'm after. And, like, in a Western, she would be, like, reaching, like, being like, oh, this guy is, like, a rapist. You know, it would it would lead towards some thought of something like that. And she would be like, but she was, you can tell she goes, and then she goes, nah, that's not what he's... You know, she determines it very quickly that that's not the kind, you know, the kind of person person is and what he's alluding to and just sort of like brushes past it. But it would be it would be played up for more tension in like a in like a a Western or something like that. You know what I mean? But that's that's what I thought for. I, I thought I was like, well, you know. He means it totally like wholesomely, like, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not self-interested in this. And but like, that's totally not how it comes out in that situation when you're like, wake up in the desert next to some creepy bald guy who's just like, hello, drink this. Right, right. But um, yeah, they're they're in love. Like he compliments her. He's like, "I need brains and muscle," and she's like, "Oh my god!" And then well, like that, later on, it's he's the first like, "Time then- when he goes, I am Boba Fett." That somebody goes, somebody actually like who is there is like aware of like who he is, you know, and and his reputation and you know stuff like you know she she's like, "You're dead." She, so she they 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 obviously were fans of each other. Or at least followed each other's exploits, you know. She followed her exploits, Chris. They were exploit followers. They were. Oh my god! Maybe they'll he, like. He followed her on Twitter. Maybe they'll like hear of each other in Bad Batch season two. And be like, oh, that Finnick. Huh? When I grow out of puberty, I'm gonna go after her. Oh my god. But he also, like, later on, he's like, don't touch my buttons. And she just, like, looks at him like, I'll touch them. Oh, I love them. Uh, I don't, I have Arzu, uh, Hannah, and Maggie to blame. They did this to me. I did not ship. In fact, I will totally call her out. Arzu was the one be like, that, that messaged me after, like, the day this episode came out. She was like, hey, Hope, have you seen the new episode yet? And I was like, yeah, I just watched it. And she wrote in big le- letters, a bridal carry. 
she was the one that made me realize it was a bridal carry. And I was like, oh my God, they did, didn't they? And she's like, yes, they are in love. <laughs> we'll have more about Arzu and the feedback because we've got to do something. Well, it's when also how you would carry somebody who had their guts like... She was very non-bloody for some, but then again, she got hit by a, a she didn't get cut or something, but like still, but that's how you would carry somebody that was injured in the abdomen. You wouldn't sling him over your shoulders, you know, although she was basically slung over the bantha like that too. So I don't know, maybe the bantha held in her, her insides. Why would you ruin this for me? I, I don't know. That's what I With do. With your logic. No, you're fine. <laughs> Logic is forward to ruin things. <laughs> um, so I, I also want to talk about the mod, mod parlor. Um, I love the mod parlor. It just, it screams prequels to me. Like, everything about the mod yeah. just screams prequels. Yeah. Like, pick up uh, this little shop. The colorful shop. aspect of it, the, the like, dabs of neon and stuff, sort of like Cor- Coruscant. You know the bar that Obi-Wan walks into and the guy's like, you want a death yeah. stick? And he's like, yeah, go yeah, and rethink exactly. your choices. Any of these people would fit in in the background. They would just L- fit loud, in. Loud, music, loud distorted music that's that's played, um, what is it, di- dietetically, you know, diegetically or whatever. You know, it's it's that somebody's got a jukebox playing and it's not playing. You know, it's playing some some space you know some some space adult music <laughs> or you know space rock and roller mu- music sort of it's more like techno hipster music but whatever like, it's like nightcore nightcore something the, in the, the background only, the only quibble i have with the music is when he's outside they do the thing where you hear the music through you know it's sort of distorted and you just sort of hear the bass coming from inside they didn't quite nail it. I could tell it just it, it still sounded. That's my audio drama thing was it, I'm like, they should have muffled that just a little bit, just a little bit more. But uh, yeah. yeah, but and it's something different. It's a different it's a different location that doesn't look like just the inside of any other all the other cantinas we've seen in places. You know, it's you are literally saying my next note. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. That's a nice segue. Um, because th- the other reason I love the mod-, mod parlor is we've been to Tatooine so many times. Like it's, I would say outside of Coruscant, it's probably the planet that we've been to the most in Star Wars. We've seen so much of it. And one thing I really like about Bo- Book of Boba Fett is it shows us parts of this really, really used planet that we haven't seen before. And like, we kind of get that with the Tuscans, like by like with Boba living with the Tuscans, we see this old character, like these old people, these old people, these characters that's been here since the original trilogy, but we get, we get a fresh look at them. And now we have the mods, you know, it's the subculture of Tatooine that we never really dove into before. It's this counterculture thing. And it just gives Tatooine this like really fresh look. It gives well, a it, planet it that we... Well, it kind of makes sense uh, what kind of counterculture it would be for like young people in Tatooine. You know, there's not much to do there. So it would be kind of a little extreme, you know? Yeah. And so it just takes this planet... And like things like the mods just like takes this planet and makes it new and fresh and like breathes air into it. Like 
I I would be like, I would wonder, can you imagine Uncle Owen, where if Luke was like, I want to go hang out with the mods, and Uncle Owen's like, like, hell you will. <laughs> it's so like, like going I, to get a, I'm going to go get a septum piercing. Right? Um, but, like, it, it's just, it's cool. I, like, I really love the mods, because <laughs> if anything, they just add this breath of fresh air to Tatooine. Um, and it's, I love it. Um... My next note is is actually not a criticism of the flashback. Per, it's not a criticism of the flashback. It's more about the present stuff. Um, I wish we had more scenes of Finnick and Boba talking in the present. And the, what made me realize this is the flashback. Like, I really like having this time of them just talking and going back and forth and building their relationship. Uh, but they actually really don't talk a lot in the present. They have more conversations in these flashbacks than they do in all the present scenes, plus the man, the one like the Mando episodes they are in, and they just don't well, talk. And this should be the end of the flashback. So I think maybe like the the assumption was there'll be more. T- everything, all they're talking going forward will be in the present, but I don't think they have an awful lot of talking. For the rest of the show, actually. <laughs> yeah, that because there's there's a couple episodes. Well, I shouldn't say a couple. I know there's one episode <laughs> in the finale where Boba's like, Finnick, go kill all the people. And then she's yeah, gone outside for of half the, the fun- episode. Function, fu- outside of plot function. But, you know, one where they just sit, sit and do character, character exactly. stuff. I don't know if that happens. I don't know if that really happens to any extent from this point on. And I think so much of it is that, like, like... T- Tamora and Mingna have a really good chemistry together, and you really see it in these flashbacks. Like them, like they're kind of feeling each other out, and you can see that she's like starting to kind of yeah. see what's happening, but she's not quite ready to commit. Like they ha- and like he's open to her, like her suggestions. Like they have a really good chemistry yeah. together. No, they can they can do a lot of they can do a lot of stuff that people pick up on about their relationship just using their di- just using the way they react to each other and interact in their di- and re- and do their dialogue. So yeah. like, you know, it's it's in there. I think I think Disney is looking at this as the mo- as I I don't want to say shallower, but a more fluffy a, a fluffier Star Wars show, you know. One that's one that's more just sort of like you know, fun fun action, you know. And yeah. uh Started out, started out serious, but it, it's it's going to be the pulpy, probably the pulpiest Star Wars out there. Yeah, I can you know, see that. And, and on the other end of the the other end of the spectrum is Andor. You know. Yeah, and I mean, if I... they ever if they ever do like the sort of you know comedy that uh, you know like the Star Trek lower decks or you know the 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 for a better better word like the family guy version of a, like Star Wars cartoon like they like even the one they did we're going to do when Lucas was doing it and Disney bought it and was like yeah no never mind this i i think that was the other Seth um Seth Green was involved in that one but that would be that would be the opposite end to Andor if that took out that would be the goofiest but well i guess Lego would be the goofiest yeah the most you know just like you know, not not in continuity and just just fun and gags and stuff and indoor on that. But this is like of the live action shows. This is definitely the like 
sort of more just like just a fun action show you know and maybe even a lower budget star wars show yeah i definitely see what you're saying um which is i think why parts of it is not for me because you know i i want more character scenes like the reason why i like these scenes with finnick and boba is it just says so much about their relationship and how they are as people and who they are but also like it just made me realize how little they talk in the present scenes um yeah I think this should be a show that's thin on that. It's more on like, yeah. you know, doing it through through action. More showing than telling than anything yeah. else. I get that. Because they say entire conversations just looking at each other. Right, um, right. Finnick is constantly like looking at Boba and like he's looking at her and they're having entire silent conversations. Yeah. Um, and hey, and hey, you got these two really good actor, you know, actors to to in a Star Wars show. You might as well let them. Let yeah. do that, you know. But definitely nothing against the, the flashbacks. I do like these scenes. It just made me realize, like, man, I wish they talked more in the present. Because <laughs> I really like their chemistry and like, as actors and stuff like that. Like, they're really good together. Um, and my last note is one that you actually alluded to already. I completely forgot that Finnick was like, uh, the Swoop King probably didn't kill the Tuscans. And... It it made me kind of like I had to pause the episode and think about that for a minute because it, it it at first it felt like a weird moment for Bubba because I was like is he dumb but it like like did he just like not say anything because I was like he's smarter than that like I feel like he would stop and be like yeah that is unlikely maybe I am wrong but the the more I thought about it I actually really like this choice because. It shows that he's still transitioning. And what I mean by that is his mind is already so set on revenge. The only reason he wants the fire spray is to exact revenge. And I do think that is an important moment because he makes a couple of mistakes in this episode. And one of his mistakes was with the swoop gang because he realizes later on that he's wrong, that it wasn't the swoop game. It was the pikes. And it really does set up that final moment when he's facing Cad Bane because it completes his transition of like, I am not this brutal killer anymore. I'm on a much more honorable, honorable path. But by doing this, like with his mind so set on revenge, like he's not even open to an outside suggestion. And it's him backsliding on his older habits, which is what he's trying to get over. So I, I actually really like that moment because it at first it seemed just like a weird moment. But no, I actually really like it because it's him backsliding into revenge and to his old self because that's easier. I think it's uh, I think it's just a. Uh... It's just the beginning of sort of a trend in their relationship because I've noticed like he knows that she's really smart and probably smarter than him. But like and and there's and and they've shown that like she'll say something and he'll instantly act on it, you know, and yep. they do that in Star Trek a lot. They'll do that. Captains in Star Trek will have a crew that when they have a crew they trust, the, like a crew member says, they're doing this, the captain will, instead of being, you know, will immediately, like, I trust this person, blah, blah, blah. But there's been other times where she says stuff and he just goes, okay, whatever, you know, and it's, and it's, that's the thing is he's, he, he trusts her judgment, but when he's, when his mind is on something, it's on something. And that's, 
I, I thought it was kind of consistent. He was in, you know, he just picked her up and he, he could justify it by saying, yeah, she doesn't know what's going on. You know, she, I just, I just picked her up and, and this, and of course she totally, totally is, has glommed onto the situation, but he's just decided that's his plan of plan of action and he's going on it. But like, yeah, in the future, he, he sort of does the same thing. He'll, he, he'll trust her and some stuff, but if it's something personal that he's, you know, like his, his big plan to charm tattooing, you know, when she's like, you're being, you know, you're showing weakness and stuff. He's just like, mm, okay. You know? I, I, was, I was just thinking that too. Cause I, like, as you were talking, I was thinking about the situation with the litter. Cause she kept saying, you need a litter. You need a litter. Like people's not going to respect you, but his mind is so focused and so set. He has his plan this, the, and he's like, he thinks like, she doesn't understand my plan. I don't think that he doesn't think that she doesn't understand it. I think that he is so set on it and like he knows the path. And I think he's willing to accept that it's going to be difficult and because it's going against the grain. I don't, I don't, I, I think that's more of what it is. Like he sees the path to get there, but he knows he's going to run into trouble. And so she's offering the easier solution and he's taking the harder path. Um, I, that's how I read it more, but I, I do see what you're saying. But yeah, like the, the litter is a good example because that has come yeah. back to bite him a couple times. And he's like, no, we're still not doing yeah. the litter. Like I have my plan and we're seeing it's working. Like he just walks into Garza's and Garza's just like, hey, and he's like, you're good. And she's like, yeah, OK, bye. <laughs> like, like, he, you know, Garza's on his side and he's slowly like by bringing in the mods and yeah, stuff it's like working. that. Like he, it's working. And I think I think Finnick is starting to see it working because like the first two episodes, she was like, you need to do this. You need to do that. But like to kind of jump ahead to act three a little bit, like she's fully buying into his plan, just being like, you're going to pay attention to Boba because he's doing things right around here. And so like she's starting to buy into the plan now, too. And she's not being so much like you need to do things like Jabba. She's like, no, we're going to do things like Boba because she had to come around as well. And it's, it's I like that. I think it's great. But that's only half for act one. Did you have anything else? I do not. Act two. Let's do it. <clears throat> Act two. Actually, let me get a drink right fast. Drink. <sighs> All right, we're good now. Act two. Oh my god, guys. Our little couple are riding together on Steve the Bantha, and they're going across the desert, and they're like idly chatting and getting to know each other, and he's just like, oh, you, you like those kind of foods, huh? I'll keep that in mind. And she's like, wow, no one's kept in mind the foods I like. That's great. Okay, and so they get to Jabba's palace that night, and we see that Finnick is good at her job because they have no idea how many, how big the palace is, how many droids are in there and stuff like that. So she sends out like a little droid bot to like fly ahead and scout out the palace and count how many guards. And so they got some time to kill. Part of killing that time is the worst thing ever. Because Boba has to say goodbye to Steve the Bantha. And he's like, Steve, you're such a good girl. Go have Bantha babies. They're going to be beautiful. Just get on out of here. You just got to you gotta go, Steve. Go. And Steve's like, Dad, why do you want me to leave? I love you so much. He's like, don't make this harder than it has to be, Steve. Why? And so finally he's like, 
go on again. You throw something, and Steve's like, ooh, a shiny thing, and just wanders off into the night. And the yeah, whole... Steve walks 15 feet away, obviously. It goes over and eats it. I don't see how that worked, but it worked, in, I guess, for... I guess for Star Wars. Yeah. Maybe Steve came back, and like they were both inside Jabba's palace, and he was like, my dad's gone. I gotta go find him. And then Steve walked into the desert until she found more Bantha. And she was like, I live here now. And the whole time, Finnick's like, Oh my god, Boba Fett's such a soft boy, and he has pets. It's kind of cute. I mean, it's dumb. He's dumb. I don't care about him. And so they start idly chatting because they're waiting for Finnick's little droid bot to come back. And Boba's like, I am so tired of being a bounty hunter. Do you really want to work for idiots forever? Because they're just going to get us killed. And, like, we're in this new time period. There's no more Empire. Like... We have a chance to, like, do things our way. And Phoenix like, I don't know, man. Like, I've been doing this gig since the Bad Batch and kind of comfortable where I am. I don't know. But, like, they don't want to talk about it anymore because her little droid comes back and the droid's like, Mommy, I got a map. And he, the, the droid shows the map off and there's a lot of guards. So they make a plan and they go into Jabba's palace. Dun, dun, dun. And it's a lot of snake, sneak, sneaking, and they're sneaking through sewers, and Boba has this moment of like, ew, I'm gonna get my robe dirty. <laughs> kind of makes a face, and then like jumps in the sewer, like, ew, gross. And so they sneak through Jabba's palace, and they pop out in the kitchen. And in the kitchen, there is the most awesome chef droid that goes from, like, cutting lettuce to, like, a kung fu droid and it's just like i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna get you ah and they take out the two droids and then a sweet little bunny droid comes in and the bunny droid is just like oh no hi and boba's like hi are you gonna be chill you chill are you cool man are you cool and the bunny droid's not cool and starts running around and boba has to capture it and he slams it up against the wall and of all things he looks at the bunny droid and he's like do you know who i am which always makes me laugh because the bunny droid doesn't know who the fuck he is and the bunny droid is so sad and scared that it shuts down I love this scene. It's probably my favorite scene of the episode. <laughs> and after the bunny, it droids, might be mine too. It's so funny. I love it so much. And Phoenix, like you're cute. Let's go. So then they do some more sneaking, and they sneak to the hangar, and they avoid guards for so long because they get to the fire spray, but then guards show up, so they gotta fight. So then we got some like pew pew pews going on and when they take out the first round a couple kind of looks at each other and Bubba says literally says good work kind of looks at her and she smiles and she's like not bad yourself and I'm like oh look at them those are actual lines of dialogue um, from the thing but not said in that tone <laughs> but oh no the alarm goes off and more guards fly fly in there run in there and it's all pew 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 and Phoenix like go get your ship I'll hold them off and he's like oh my god you're great so he runs onto the ship and he's and she's just punching people and fighting people and she and as Boba's firing up the ship she jumps on his gangplank and she starts punching a Gamorrean guard and fighting a weak way but oh no the gate is still closed and he's like Fennec 
do something about that gate, will you? I need you to open it up. And she's like, okay, I can open it up. She punches a person off the ship, and then she shoots at the door. The, the I guess it's like the dead waiter or whatever. The door opens, she climbs up into his cockpit, and they fly away. And as she, so as they're flying, um, she's like, that was fun, you know. But next time, stick to the plan. And Bob was like, next time? Yeah. Next time, are are you? Do do you want to help me rule Tatooine and rule my heart? And next time, pretty lady. And then she just kind of smiles and like takes a nap. Because she gets to take a nap for one. She hasn't had a nap yet. And so a little bit later, she's he's just like so. Even though you said next time, um, where do you want to be dropped off at? And she's like, mm, I think I'll stick around. And he's like, okay. So then it's time for Boba to get his very wrong revenge. And he sees the swoop gang, and he zooms in there, and he shoots them. And it's about a minute long scene that should be way longer with more impactful music, but whatever. And as like he's mowing down like swoop gang people, Finnick's like, oh my god, you're amazing. And so he has to settle another score. Actually, he's not technically settling a score. He has to go find his Mando armor. So they fly over to Jabba's barge from Return of the Jedi. And it's all crashed and stuff. And Boba, again, wrongly assumes that his armor is down in the Sarlacc pit. Because remember, in the first episode, he was unconscious when the Jawas took it. So he actually doesn't know it's down there. Which is like, how did he know that Cobbant got it? We don't know. Unless I'm misremembering, but somehow he figured out that it was Cobb Vanth in this time period. I don't know. Uh, where are we? Yeah, how... Hold on, Hope just thinks she discovered a continuity issue. So... No, 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 it works in Hope's brain, never mind. Ignore Hope, she's a crazy person. So anyway, they start flying down into the Sarlacc pit. And the Sarlacc is, just wakes up, and the Sarlacc's like, Hi! There's a snack here! I love snacks! And it grabs at them, and Finnick's just like, Shoot it! 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 And they're trying to fly out the Sarlacc, but the Sarlacc's like, No! I want a hug! And so Finnick, like, rips out of her seatbelt and drops down. She climbs up, and she's like, Hey, Boba, I'm gonna push your buttons. And she pushes the button and drops the seismic charge thing into it, and they blow up the Sarlacc. And Boba's like, Baby, you can push my buttons, but don't you fucking touch my ship again. She's like, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Ship is off limits. Got it. It's good to set boundaries in relationships, okay? And she just puts her seatbelt back on, and then they land. <laughs> so now that the Sarlacc is dead, Boba jumps into the Sarlacc pick and goes spelunking in a dead Sarlacc. And so after his spelunking's done, um, he doesn't find his armor and he's all mad and like, and Finnick's like, it's okay, here, let me pour water on you. And he like shakes out his head. She's like, I'm gonna pour more water on you. And he's like, oh, this is nice. She's like, yeah, I'm gonna pour more water on you. And he's like, we should make a camp. And she's like, yes, we should. So that night after some great sex, um, they are eating around a campfire and Bubba's like, look, I have this plan to make my own house on Tatooine, but 
I need someone with brains and muscles and beauty and guns. And you have all of those. You're like the total package. And she's like, I am, but I don't know if I'm ready for that. Like, what can you offer me? And he leans in, he's like, I can give you something that you never had before. Loyalty. And which is essentially him being like, you want to go out with me? I'll be loyal to you. And she's like, I kind of like that. Are we going to like look out for each other's lives? He's like, oh, baby, you know, we're going to look out for each other's lives. And he's, she's like, oh, man, <laughs> let's have more sex in the sand because that's not gritty at all. And apparently she accepts because Finnick's there in the present. It's kind of, I, I, I'm throwing my hands up in the air because that's the end of Act 2, but it is kind of weird because at first, because she's, she's literally just kind of like, I don't know about this. And then she walks into the back to room in the beginning of Act 3 and she's like, hey, what's up? So it's like, I guess she accepted. So <laughs> once you think of Act 2. See, I mean, the thing is, he climbed out, like, I mean, he passed out once he climbed out of the, but he burned his way out and climbed through the sand and then passed out. I think he was and probably very has... delusional because I could see like, because he didn't really have air because he had to get air from the storm. Uh -huh. he, he was probably a little delusional. So I just realized that I'm going to kill all that, though. Right now with this. Kill it, it, kill it, kill it. The reason kill we see it. it, the reason we see it in any anyway at all is because he's in he's napping in his in his little bubbler and he's remembering it we're watching we watched it in the flashback which is happening in his head as he lays in in the back to tank so so if we saw him come out in his armor, he, sh you know, he like, yeah, I, uh, I'll get to that. Cause I want to talk about what I like. Well, while you're still first. on that though, I, I'm going to slide something in while you're on that. In the flashbacks, how reliable of a narrator is Boba? And the reason I ask that is because in the very first episode, he specifically, specifically calls, tells Finnick that the dreams are back and his dreams are the flashbacks so does that make him an unreliable narrator because he's misremembering things maybe but maybe but at the same time this is what i think i don't think i think the sarlacc pit is pure fan service and shouldn't it doesn't work it doesn't it doesn't work he he shouldn't be like i'm gonna go ahead and get my armor you know he might be <laughs> it seems like you'd be able to like you know, put on the sensors and see if there's any. Oh, look, there's a, some metal in the shape of Mandalorian armor or whatever. But I, you know, I think it was done because they just wanted to have some sort of like half like scriptwriters like, okay, here's this closure with the Sarlacc, and people want to see, would probably want to see the Sarlacc again and like to see Boba Fett battling this Sarlacc with, with his ship. And, and, you know, it, it, and it had the the um, extra. Um, it was like um, Return of the Jedi fan service and um, Episode Two, I believe, fan service with the with the charge. You know, the yeah. bomb charge. The, uh, but but I don't think it really worked in the story, and I think like that aspect of it should have been filling in how more of how it was sort of like. 
okay showing like okay he doesn't know where his armor is but he gets his armor back and then they have a shot of him here he is he's in his armor taking the throne and stuff and they should have done maybe more instead of having a big special effects scene with the sarlacc they should have had more of a montage of him hunting down his armor and hunting down the man you know yeah, but that's and- kind of like what that's why i paused while doing it because Granted, I don't remember the rest of the season, and so I don't. I might be misremembering it, but I don't think we know how he finds out that Cobb Vanth had it because he says no. in season two of Mando, "You you got my armor from Cobb Vanth." How does he know this? And I like as you were talking, I was I, it came to my brain. I would almost rather take the Starlock scene and like let it be a chance for Finnick yeah. to show her loyalty to be like, "I have tracking skills. Let me hunt this down." And they like, and it would be a good way to set up. Cobb Vanth later because I could see them going into Freetown and Finnick being like we're looking for a man in Mando armor and Cobb Vanth being like I literally just gave it to a Mando and then have it go to the scene of Boba standing on the ridge from the Mandalorian season two first episode watching Mando leave it just being like oh fuck well, he has my armor. The, well that's what I was gonna say they could they don't even have to they couldn't have got they could didn't even have to go that right at that much they could have just had one shot of her talking to Cobb Vance. And him pointing at the Mando flying away at that moment, you know? That's, that's kind of funny. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You see a ship flying away. And, that, and then, then you know she, that... she, like, tracked him after that. And, you know, you could, you could fill in so many blanks just enough to get you to, what ha- you know, to explain what happened just before they met him in the, in the, in the Mandalorians. I'm going to put a slight pin in it because that, that's I'm going to call it Mandalorians from now on. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put like half a slight pin in that because that's sort of one of my notes, um, oh. which is my pacing and time notes about how like the lack of like of when does Finnick change over her loyalty. Um, but I'll come back to that. Because that would have been a good chance for her to be like, let me prove my loyalty by finding your armor. Yeah, there, there were, there were, there were. So I, I, I would agree on several different things that they could have done instead of the Sarlacc, because the Sarlacc really served no purpose. I don't think anybody was thinking. But doesn't Boba think that his armor is in the the Sarlacc? Nobody's thinking that. So I don't, I, I just, and, and I just, I, it felt like it felt, it, it was one of the things that felt like fan service in a show, in a show that's been really like light, light on the fan service or not, you know, not too, you know, too heavy on it. Yeah. Like it's, same it's as a, a Mandalorian. Cool, it's a cool fight, but like at the same time, I agree. Like same it doesn't. Time, I don't. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I just, yeah, I didn't, I, I, it was, it wasn't something that I was like, ooh, I wanted, and it just felt to me like it was their chance to be like, oh, we can have the ship fighting the Sarlacc, wouldn't that be cool, and people would love it, and, eh, eh, I don't, I I just don't think it works, but what I love about this is Bunny Droid. I love the Bunny Droid! And the, and my favorite scene of the Bunny Droid that I felt that was the most Star Wars, it, it were, you know, okay, he's chasing the bunny droid around, but there's just all the, there's all these great reaction shots of all the droids, including I don't call him the the chef droid, I call him the grievy droid, because he goes into grievous, he totally does grievous's moves from episode three, and then just gets wiped out. 
which is beautiful. But when the bunny droid has to run through the oven and he's mm-hmm. just and, and it's just like, oh, that's right. He's made of metal. He can just like be like, ah, I'll just run right through this fire. here. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love how it's a kind of comedic, too, because like Boba's like, where'd you go, you little bugger? <laughs> And the whole time Finnick's just watching, like, what is happening? Like, she has some of the best reaction shots of that scene where she's just like, are you done? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the fact that he threatens it, he's like, do you know who I am? <laughs> like, that cracks me up every time. <laughs> like, the buddy droid doesn't know who the fuck he is. <laughs> but it's like, why are you flexing there, dude? Why flex there? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's the It's the rat catcher. He came. He came to catch rats. I know. With his little net and everything. <coughs> that that net does not look like the kind of net you catch tattooing rats. And my other, my other thing that I loved about this part is is uh, Fennec's bag of tricks. I love being on the side of the like. We're we're watching the people who are usually the bad guys. And we usually see their bags of tricks just sort of deployed in battle and stuff. But I love that it's like, oh, here, we've got this thing that'll map out the... And what's really neat is the second time around, like when you see it make the map, you can see like it it makes an accurate map of what it just showed you, which of course with a computer, I'm sure it's all mapped out anyway. So, But uh, it was it was just little details like that. And that was a nice little sequence. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, I, 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 and uh, also her, her sort of little like I don't know if it was like a little sort of like lightsaber torch thing or if it just sort of squirted some sort of chemical that just acid that ate through, you know, ate through things. But that was really neat too. I just like that she has a Batman utility belt thing, and that we got to see her just be like, "All right, here's what you pay the the big money for." Uh, but that's all I got for that's all I got for uh, Act Two. I was not happy with the Sarlacc, but happy with everything else. Yeah. Um, as for me, um, I'll get my tiny notes out of the way because I also have in big letters the Bunny Droid. <laughs> um, From I the also, prequels. Yeah, and I also do like the killer, like robot chef droid that goes from like chopping lettuce just just being like i'm flinging blades everywhere (laughs) love it love it it's awesome um and i also like a chance to like see finnick's other skills because we've seen her fight we've seen her shoot and we've seen that in like in mando bad batch and in book of boba fett so i actually that's part of the reason why i like her little droid because it kind of just shows another skill that she's like not just all punchy punchy like she has other skills and also the little droid is just a cool way to show off Jabba's palace you know it's it's a cool set and we get to see different like part, parts of the palace it's just a nice set well so. it's also it's something that like in the visual guides and stuff people have been like seeing parts of Jabba's palace and, and maps of it for years and it's just neat to see it come to life and and sort of be just that you know it put like you see familiar locations and now you know where they're located and you know what's behind that door and stuff it's neat yeah um so the scene where boba has to say goodbye to his bantha <laughs> it hurts my feelings go away um, old yeller it feels away. like 
it feels like one of those scenes too. Um, and then like I, I was reading because I was I, I looked it up and I was like, don't they bond for life? And yeah, like when you get a bantha, the bantha bonds with her master for life. And I was just like, oh no, that bantha is probably so sad and confused and doesn't understand because it's like I thought we were gonna be together forever, Dad. <laughs> But it does have that, like, go away, old yeller kind of feeling. Yeah. Um. Okay, so. Do I? No, that's part of the bigger note. Okay, so I was like, why is that just floating there separately? Um, two things for, for shipping purposes. I love that Finnick is, like, just pouring water on his head to wash the acid away because she loves him. <laughs> she's just like you silly goose and just pouring water after and a while he, yeah he's it. totally unaware of it too he's just like no armor and he pledges his life to her he's like I will pledge my life to you and she's like oh my god Sit um down there baldy right and she's like oh my goodness um Okay, so now to get into my like two big notes of this. Uh I like what the first one's kind of like half positive but half critical. Um I actually like the choice that Phoenix's not initially on board with Boba's plan, like this whole like, oh, let's uh go and start a family. Like uh someone got to start a family, Chris. <laughs> like uh like this whole a like I crime idea. family. That's kind. Um and but but character wise, I like this because despite the danger of bounty hunting, this is something that she's done since the Bad Batch era. Like there is there is comfort in staying on the same path because change is hard. Like we're like the whole point of Boba Fett is we're seeing him change. And as we were just talking about about in Act One, it's about taking the harder path. And he and it's hard and scary because it's the unknown. So I actually do like that she's initially like, I, I don't know, like I have a good thing going. I'm one of the best in my my business. Like, I don't know about this dude. And I like that she comes around eventually. Now, here's the critical part of that. Um, I talked a lot last week about of not last week, but the, the last episode about time issues and how it feels like there needs to be another episode and how it feels like there are missing conversations. I majorly felt that in this episode in two separate places because the first campfire scene, Finnick is like, nah, I'm not on board. And then as they fight in Jabba's palace and then she's like, maybe I am on board. And we're like, we don't have like, like when we were talking about the mods, he offers them a job and then their very next scene, like they're laying down their lives to protect Bobo. So we don't have that transition of like, when do they swear loyalty to him? Like, when do they realize that he's the real deal? And we kind of get that he was with Finnick. Like they fight together in Jabba's palace, but they don't really have a moment where she's like, I think he's the real de deal here, you know? And that feels like the missing piece from this of like, it has like all the pieces except for that one puzzle piece where she switches over and she's fully on board with this because they have one fight at a Jabba's palace and she's like, I'm sticking around for next time. Yeah. 
And it's, it just, it needs to have that conversation. And, and even then, like when they have their second after the whole like armor Sarlacc fight, even then she is she, like, he's like, I'm going to swear my loyalty to you. And then we just assume that she accepts like, because she's there. And it just, it feels that, that second one feels just clunky. Like we're like, it just missing is just missing that like little thing. So like, that that is still my biggest criticism of Book of Boba Fett is that it just has these important character scenes that are missing, and I really felt that because we don't see that switch with Finnick. It's just like nah, bro. To being like yeah, I'm gonna stick around, and it's just like where did that switch happen? It's it's almost like they're telling stories like old like I, I mean going back to like the origins of like Flash Gordon stories. Characters did stuff like that, you know. We're friends for life now, you know, and uh, yeah, it's 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 yeah. But that like that really is my biggest criticism of this episode is just that switch for Finnick just feels so rushed. Um, and I would almost want it to be the like after they get back the fire spray that that second campfire scene where he's just like and that's where it happens where he she's like. You know, you. I've never had someone look out for me like that before. That was great. Um, I, I want to try this thing. You know, like, my debts are paid off to you. I, I want to try this loyalty thing. And that would have been enough. Like, it just is missing that piece. Just like how it was missing with the mods. Um, which is interesting, because when we get to Act 3, you actually see the groundwork for Black Chrysanthemum. <laughs> and it works for him. Like, all that works, because they have that time there. So it's just a really Well, you know, I thing. mean, maybe they're not a couple, maybe they're a couple of few words, you know? Maybe they're, maybe they're both too cool to talk about any, you know, anything but the bare minimum, and they're just gonna cover it all with eye contact and nods. <laughs> yeah, but for, like, a viewer, like, it's, uh... Um... And then the other night I have is is kind of a slight criticism. Um, the revenge on the swoop gang needs to be a bigger scene. Because if this is supposed to be like the for, for two reasons. For one, this is supposedly Boba's big revenge for his Tuscan family, right? It's supposed to be this big thing. But character-wise, it needs to be bigger because Boba's wrong. He's making this very wrong choice. And it's he he's getting this cold-blooded revenge on the wrong people. Yeah, the swoop gang sucks, but this isn't his actual target. So if this was a bigger scene, like with like more swelling music and like and almost like in a minor key where it's almost like the music's hinting like Boba, you're making the wrong decision here. Um it's, it would actually make it better later because in this moment, Boba is reverting back to his old ways. He's backsliding into killing mercilessly. He's not changing for the better because he's falling back. And so if this moment of killing the swoop game was a bigger moment, then it makes it even bigger when he's facing Cad Bane. He learns the truth that he was wrong. And he has that an even bigger moment of just like, fuck, I killed them in cold blood and they were the wrong people the whole time. And it just makes that other moment bigger. 
instead of just being like the scene's only like 45 seconds and the music's kind of jaunty like we're shooting a swoop gang with because it's a play on his theme and there's like no emotional depth even if this was the right choice even if it was the swoop gang that killed the tuscans there's no emotional depth to it because the scene is so fast and the music's off and this should be a huge character moment for Bob, and it's just not. See, I don't, I don't think, I just don't, didn't get the the feeling that that he's evolved in that much or that that far, or it maybe ever will, uh, to the point of where, like, okay, well, for, well, a, I think they presented it this way. <clears throat> because it <clears throat> didn't want to give away the the um you know they 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 wanted to you know make sure they didn't give away the the end twist which wasn't a super you know you know oh my god how did how could that have happened twist but they did they probably didn't want to give it away so they wanted you to be like, here's this big moment. And it is also a big moment for the viewer because he's got a ship back and it's cut and it's a beautiful shot where they're flying along the desert and you just see a little, little tiny ship coming behind them. And you're like, "Uh Oh, it's doom time. Oh, it looks cool as hell. Yeah. And, and, and I think they wanted the, the, the viewer to be in that moment of, of coolness and without any foreshadowing and at the same time since it's a disney show and and he is murdering the hell out of people that ended up being innocent that but they didn't do they didn't really like you know um make it any longer because the longer you made it the more cruel it would have been which is really how you want to make a revenge she <laughs> see yeah yeah cruel revenge this was like they got off easy he just sort of came in and and they were like what's going on and then they're all dead but i i yeah I, and that's why i think it's sure but i don't think boba fett like i don't think boba fett feel like i didn't get the impression maybe i'll maybe more watching it the second time but that that he particularly cared that he wiped out the swoop gang because he knew that they, you know, he knew what kind of, you know, I'm it, even even though like morally it is wrong. I bet you it. But I'll bet you he wasn't even really like justifying it to himself. I'll bet you he was just sort of like they were dirtbags. You know, they were out just like, you know, I saw them like totally obliterating that family. And and who knows how what would have happened to uh Cassie and the fixer if he hadn't come along you know so he knew what like at, at the same time he did it for the wrong reason but I have a feeling that even the new Boba Fett is just sort of like eh. <laughs> yeah I mean that that's a good point because if he's trying to clean up Tatooine anyway they would need to be cleaned up regardless he, 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 yeah point. yeah they're no they're no friends to his anyway so you know yeah yeah so i don't i i like and i i just think uh they didn't put any sort of stank on it at being kind of because they just didn't want to foreshadow you know they didn't want to give away 
the 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 ending too much. Although usually Star Wars isn't like doesn't worry about that too much. <laughs> yeah, but it's one of the you know one of the only like kind of reveal things in this one. It's yeah. the comic book. This is the comic book of all the stuff so far. I feel. Yeah, but that's all I have for Act Two. Honestly, right. those are like my two criticisms of the episode. So, do you want to wrap this bantha up? Yeah, and send it off to the desert to make baby banthas. See you, buddy. Get on out of here. Go get. Uh, what was away. his name? Steve. Steve. The reason I. I'm going to call him Steven. I feel Steven is... I like the formal more Steven more. You want to hear the dumb reasoning in my brain? Instead of being a noble steed, he's a noble steed. Oh, oh but then, But then in the show, Boba's like, what a good girl. And I was like, fine, a girl named Steve. <laughs> sure, why not in Star I, Wars? You know? I already committed to the joke. Her name is Steve. <laughs> I committed. So, yeah. Because she's his noble I, steed. I had I have a note for that I don't remember writing. I've been writing notes for years for like you know what like uh, stories that happen in alternate alternate timelines, and I had one timeline where the where a common name is for men is uh, tits. <laughs> so you have like guys named Tits McCoy and stuff, and you know Tits Ledbetter and stuff. And everybody that's like not from that timeline is like laughing. But it's like short for like Titus, which is a a popular name. And so their nickname is Tits. So they're just like, what is so funny about that? My timeline, that's boobs. Really? (laughs) We call call them Franks here. (laughs) (laughs) What's your name, Frank? (laughs) (laughs) So, Act 3? Act 3. We are back in the present. Because Bobo wakes up from his nappy nap. And the droid comes over. And he's like, congratulations, Bobo. You are completely healed. And that's the end of all the flashbacks. And Phoenix's like, we're done with the flashbacks. And he's like, yes, darling. And yours was wonderful. And she's like, aw, thanks. And as he's getting dressed and she's watching, he's like, so what happened with the mayor? She's like, the mayor's missing, but the mods are out. They'll find him. Bubba's like, I still want to go to town because I should definitely show my face. And she's like, yeah, but if you show your face, then other ladies will fall in love with you. And he's like, I'll stop it. And so we get to go to the hot twilight house. I love this place. I love the hot twilight house. Oh, my God. And there we see Black Chrysanthemum, and he is not having a good time. He is getting drunk as hell, and he's watching these Trandoshan fucks gambling away. And just a friendly reminder, Trandoshans and Wookiees hate each other. Hate each other. And I did note this, I think, in episode... It's episode one or two. I don't remember which one. I think think it's episode episode, one. I think it's episode one. But yeah, they they definitely show them delivering a Wookiee hat. For those who haven't watched Clone Wars, you know, they definitely show one delivering a Wookiee hide to 
to Boba. To Boba, yeah. So it was kind of a nice setup for this scene, because I think that was actually one of my notes in episode one, which was like, it's a setup for this scene, because it is. And Kristanton's like, fuck it, I'm drunk, and I want to punch something, because my life is purposeless, and I don't have meaning, and Boba Fett put thoughts in my head last week, and I might need to have a better course of my life, but I'm not ready to accept this change, so I'm just gonna punch a person! And he starts picking a fight with them and throwing Trandoshans around and Boba just like happens to walk in and he's just like oh shit's happening okay hey things are getting thrown around okay and uh, as the beautiful wonderful amazing Garza just slides in she's just like Black Kersantan you're just so big and manly like the way you just used to rule those gladiator pits like everybody just thought you were so great but that's an old time now and times are changing and that's very barbaric so you have to change with the times because you're living in the past why don't I you stop this little fight and I'll wave your bill and Black Kersantan's like nah bitch and just like rips the guy's arm off like fuck that and then I will give him points for this he then walks over to the other Twilight and he pays his bill. Like a good person. And walks out. <laughs> and Boba looks like Garza and she's like, Yeah, it's a night. You need something? And he's like, No, just check it in. Okay, bye. And Boba follows him out and he's like, Hey, Black Chrysanthemum. Getting late. And I, I know times are changing and they're hard and I put ideas in your head. Do you want a job for a better life? And I guess he accepts because he's in the next scene with them. Because later on, Finnick and Boba are hosting a dinner party with all the leaders of Moss Whatever. And they're like, hello, welcome to our lovely abode. We're hosting for the first time. I hope you, no one gets shot by us. Be good. We, it's hard to get blood off the floor. And Finnick's like, you were all the leaders under Bib Fortuna. But we all agreed. He sucks, right? And they're all like, yeah, he sucked hard. I'm glad you shot him. And she was like, yeah, we shot him. As in Boba. Boba shot him. And everything just came together after that. And the great, merciful, muscly, sexy Boba doesn't want claim on any of your territories. He doesn't want any bribes. And she sits down and they're like, okay, so what do you want? And Boba's like, it's easy. The Pikes are taking over our planet. They're affecting all of our supply chains. Let's form an alliance and get the Pikes off of Tatooine. And the leader's like, I, I don't know, man. Like, you know, we do spice trades too. So it actually kind of helps us out. And honestly, what are you going to do about it? And then his baby Rancor has a very well-timed roar. And, the, and the, the baby Rancor is like, Is it my chance, Dad? Are you ready? Okay, watch me twirl. And he's like, Good, Rancor. You hit that timing just right. You got all your cues right. And Finnick's just smiling at Boba like, Isn't he great? Our baby is awesome. But meanwhile, all the leaders of the territories are just like, Shit, there's a Rancor here again. Okay, that's scary. And they all like tentatively sit down and Boba's like, so what were we talking about? How you don't want an alliance? And they're like, despite your rancor, nah, bro, we really don't want an alliance. 
And Bo was like, you know what? That's fine. I can work with that. Then all I ask for you is to be neutral and don't help the Pikes. Can you at least agree to that? And they're like, yeah, we'll drink to that. Fuck off. <laughs> and so they all drink and all the leaders go on their way. And as they're leaving, Bubba and Phoenix sit on their romantic balcony together. And they kind of look at each other and they're like, yeah, they're full of shit. But at least they're not idiots. But let's see how this goes and prepare for war. And Phoenix like, yeah, how much money do we have? And Bubba's like, a shit ton. Jabba was rich. We have a shit ton of money. Why? She's like, well, I think we need to buy some muscles. And then it pans away. And you start hearing the music. Woo woo. Woo woo. Woo woo. Woo woo. Because Mando is back next week. And. And amazingly, people will start complaining because. There's awesome Mandalorian episodes in the middle of Book of Boba Fett. I, I, I will go ahead and preface this by next week. I'm torn about them. I, I really am torn. Because they are fantastic. And they're great. And they're amazing. But I don't know. I, I'm mixed about how they are here. Because I can make the argument that Mando is a foil for Boba. So it actually really fits. But I can also make the pl- complaint of... I know people who had no interest in Book of Boba Fett and chose to skip it. And when they get to Mando season three, they're going to be like, wait, why is Grogu here? Guess so I'm, I'm going to have to watch a couple episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm and it, really and it might be a little this. ploy by Disney to get get people cross currenting on both shows who aren't up to date on both shows. But yeah. at the same time, I think it was also their way to of telling us in, in a way Book of Boba Fett is so, sort of going to be maybe the the comic book anthology confluence show where they get to mix things up a sort of bit or maybe they're the two shows are <coughs> going to sort of merge because I, of a of a Mandalorian plot line you know a plot line yeah. that's all going one way you know so who knows you know we'll we'll know in the in the future it very well may make more sense i mean honestly uh, like uh like I, i'll talk more about it like probably next week but like the next two episodes is what kind of made me rethink about all like all the mandoverse shows to think of them like game of thrones where it's mm-hmm. like we'll spend some time here some or sometimes in the red keep we're sometimes at the wall we're sometimes in the desert like we're sometimes with different characters but it's all the same show we're, and that, we're, it's it was, all happening at the same time so yeah, yeah. so it, it was really the next two episodes that kind of made me shift my thinking on it but i i'm still on I I still have a lot of mixed feelings about it, though they're great episodes. I don't want to understate that enough. They're fan-fucking-tastic episodes, except for Robot Luke, who scares the shit out of me and needs to be thrown into a dumpster and burn alive. (laughs) Robot Luke is the worst. I just hope they're planning on um, special editioning Robot Luke as as technology (laughs) progresses. That's, That's where you need it. That's so funny. Like the, the reason I laugh because the the moment you said special edition, I just imagined him with like sparkly anime eyes, just being like Grogu, choose Jedi, like with little droids like flying around his head and stuff. Yeah, but Senpai has no. No, issue. I just hope they keep updating the the fake the fake Mark Hamill until it looks better and better. Because it looks Still... better from the first time to the second time. It looks. It, it it's an improvement 
I still but stand it's still by not good. But it's yeah. still not good, you know. But it I, is. I, I still stand by they need a recast, but that's just me. We'll probably talk a lot more about that next time. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that. In the meantime, my shortest note is I think the Rancor should have been fed something, something, someone alive from that table. I think there should have been a prick that everybody hated that they could have fed to the Rancor. That was the most well-timed Rancor roar. Like, did they have, like, did he have a button that made the Rancor just be like, like Danny Trejo just like poked it down below and it was like, like that was very well-timed. It could have been it was hungry and they let it out. And knew that it would, they, you know, maybe Boba Fett pushed a button and then they let him out because they knew it would, like, stick its claws up through there because it smelled food. And then when it got some food, it went away. So then the, everybody could safely sit back at the table. And that's why I didn't do that before, you know, at that particular, that's how that's how I would have timed it, I guess, as, as someone who knows nothing about animal training, but... Knows that you can get animals to do things because of food. Yeah. But um, there's that. What that's what the, my only other note is sort of a three part note. I fucking love the Wookiee bar fight. Oh, it's such a good. I bar love fight. the eyes on the trans because these are just these these transdotions aren't even like picking a fight. They're just they're they're just they're living their fun. own. They 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 might be all in their own in their transdotion van before they go and over there going, what do you think about this Wookiee killing? Oh, I think it's awful. I don't think that that we should. I think we should pass a law against Wookiee killing. I would never kill a Wookiee. Who knows? But <laughs> they're just they're obviously just they're the doofiest transdotions ever. That are the tall kinds of transdotions, and. Their eyes are just hilarious, and like the one when, when she's giving her speech and he's holding the one, and it's just looking at him and looking at her and going like, okay, maybe I might get out of this. Yeah, you can read just like every emotion, and you and it also gives them a sort of squirrely sort of. They've got this really squirrely, nervous, you know, <laughs> demeanor, and it's just hilarious. And watching him like you know, psyching himself up for a fight. He's just like, I hate them trans. He's being a racist, but at the same time, you know, they're, you know, whatever. No love lost between the two. But, and my third third part of this, why it's awesome. Finally, somebody, finally, we're not losing enough limbs in Star Wars these days since Disney took over. You know, the nice thing is there, there was a back. Yeah, I, that's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing these guys' arms grow back because they're. They they're, do. That's actually a plot in the um, the High Republic era because there's a Jedi named Skier who is a Trandoshan Jedi. Um, he's actually one of my favorite characters. I love Skier, um, and he loses his arm in the first book. So for the rest of the comic, he only has one arm, but you can see it like over the course of the comic, he's like got, it gets look, it gets a little bit longer. Like so, it, he's it's got a little down. baby arm on there for a little while. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of I, like. Like we're um, above your elbow, your upper arm, about halfway. But like it, it starts growing over the course of the comic. Um, but he still doesn't have it at the end of the, of phase one. And scare better be okay, or else I'm gonna be a mess. Uh, that's for Charles. Scare, scare better be okay. I'm gonna cry if he's not Charles. I'm not gonna be okay. Anyway, what were you saying? That's all I got for Act Three. <laughs> scare better be okay. I mean, if you're a good like. 
if you put somebody in a Wookiee suit and they know how to work that Wookiee suit and do some good Wookiee acting, it's just, you could do a whole show of it, you know? Like Star Wars Holiday Special, mediocre to bad Wookiee acting, except for Mala, of course, and Chewie. But like the the guy, the new guy who plays Chewie, he's got it down. This guy is playing Black Chrysanthemum. Wow, he's he's great. He you know he you know, you what's know funny? He... So it's mm. Carrie Jones, and when I was doing the because of the lack of background information, I found an interview with him talking about playing Black Chrysanthemum, and I almost put it in my background notes, but I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> but. So, but I did read it today, and um, a big part of that interview was how he he was actually a creature actor in Predator, the 2010 version, which is where he worked with Robert Rodriguez. And um, a friend, a mutual friend of theirs, was talking with Robert Rodriguez, and when they were getting ready to start, like when they were casting, and the friend suggested Carrie Jones, and Robert Rodriguez was like, "Yeah, he was great in Predator. Yeah, I want to do that." And so Kerry Jones was, didn't actually know he was Black Chrysanthemum. All he knew was he was in a Star Wars. He didn't actually find out till he showed up on set. And they're like, you're going to be Black Chrysanthemum. He was just like, fucking awesome. So the first time he saw... Let's the, do this. For the first time he saw the Wookiee head, it was still being built. So And he would just like stare at it for hours, just being like, oh my god, mm-hmm. it's amazing. And when he put on the suit, it was like, you just disappear in it. And for him, like, for me, the, like, what sells Black Chrysanthemum to me is the eyes. You To yeah. be eye acting, eye acting is very underrated. Because when you have, if you have an actor who can just tell an entire story with just their eyes, it it's so good. And Carrie Jones is one of those people, like, Black Christian has so much expression in his eyes. Yeah, like Chewie and did, like Peter Mayhew did with Chewie. Exactly. And so, ah, I'm so glad I read that article today because it's relevant. Because <laughs> I almost put it in my background notes and I decided not to. Because it, it was like a page and a half and it would be a lot of reading. And I was like, I don't want to. I also had work after I finished my podcast outline. So I had deadlines to get to. But, um, but I get to talk about it now. So full circle. Yay. But that's all I got. Um, I, the I don't have a lot of notes for this because it's the smallest act. But my yeah. my one smallest note is power hates a vacuum is a really great line. It's a good line. I don't uh, know where it's from. I mean, it's a famous it's from either a philosopher or you know or from somebody during wartime or something but that's like a classic but it's it's absolutely true it's historically it's a historical fact you know Mm -hmm. um and so my other two big notes is right at the top when bubba gets out of the back to tank the droid is just like congratulations master vet you're fully healed and I, i i think that's a very layered line because i remember the first time i heard it i was like that's kind of on the nose but like the more i thought about it the second time around i actually really like it because for it it has multiple purposes like story-wise it signals the end of the flashbacks we're done with them and they are now complete there are going to be no more flashbacks in the rest of the show we're all in the present now and so I, i do like it like it from a narrative point of view because it is a signal to the story of like we're moving on to something else 
But it's also Boba starting to move on as well. Like, I actually really like the follow-up when Finnick comes in and points out, well, the scars inside are still there. And it's it's really a good place where, like, Boba might be physically healed, but he's still healing his mindset, which is very much the point of the show because he's facing his future. And we know that that pain's going to reopen when he realizes that he's made a lot of wrong choices that he made in the the flashbacks. But even past the show, like, it's going to be things he's not going to be ever fully healed from. And and I like that. And it is a signal of Boba's new life going forward. We saw how he got here. And now the only direction is forward. And that's where we're heading from here. So, like, I, I really ended up liking that line a lot more this time around. Because it didn't sound as clunky. Because it represents both functionally functionality in the narrative but it also is very much where boba is right now as a character and it's it's tinged with irony too because it's like you know yeah and then so this is what i was hinting at in act two um the only other note i have is about black chrysanthemum i like his scene because it, it we get to set up in last episode where boba's like you need to get a new job. Like, you're wasting your life as a bounty hunter. These people don't give a shit about you. You're just going to be wasting away. time. And it really hits home with Garza's dialogue. Because she informs a lot of what's going on with Black Chrysanthemum at this point. Because when he's just sitting there watching the, the Trandoshans... It's all visual storytelling. Like, no one's talking. But you can see that he's becoming more visibly upset. He's getting drunker. And then he fights. And when Garza swoops in there, we find out why. Like, he used to be this great gladiator and this great warrior back in a time of brutality under the Empire. But we're not there anymore. Like, the times have changed. And he hasn't. And so we have these seeds planted by Boba Fett of, like, you can have a different path. You can have a different life. And he's grappling with that because all he knows how to do is fight. That's all he doesn't. He's never considered another path, which is why he initially rejects what Garza is saying by ripping off the arm, because he like like Boba is slid back on some old ways. And it's all a really nice setup to like the finale and stuff like that, because Black Chrysanthemum has every chance to leave. But he chooses to fight with Boba because it's a more honorable path. And he becomes more like Finnick and Boba because he too was looking for a greatest, greater purpose. The galaxy changed without him. He's, he's he still fighting for money. He's still muscle for money, but he's at least for somebody like that. Like gives a shit about be some him. mutual respect. Yeah. And I think that's where the loyalty comes in. Like you know, Boba's like I told Finnick, I can offer you money, but I'm going to give you something better. I'm going to give you loyalty. And I, th- I feel like that's where Black Crusade too. He's probably never had loyalty before. And doesn't know what to do with it. And so it's a lot of great storytelling. And like I said, in the finale, he has every chance to leave. And he doesn't. He chooses to stay because it's honorable. It's a new purpose, a new path. And it's something he's never had before, which is loyalty. And they fight to protect him. Because I I do distinctly remember from the finale, he gets injured and they protect him until they can get him out of there. And that is probably the first time that's ever happened in his life. And I just really like all of this built up, especially like with Garza's stuff too. And Garza's just great. I really hate that she dies. <laughs> it pisses me off because she's done nothing wrong ever. She's yeah, absolutely I thought she, I thought she was going to be the sort of Pelly of this 
Bates series. I actually thought she was going to be a villain. Like, she would be, like, along with the families, and she would be playing, like, a bigger player. But, like, she's really just an innocent bystander who gets taken away. And it sucks. Like, apparently, like, she has a scar on her chest. And, like, there's a story. And, like, in some interview, there's, like, yeah, there's a story to Garza's scar. But we don't know what it is because she dies. And I don't know. I I have a lot of mixed feelings about Garza because in the story, she represents innocence being caught in the crossfire but at the same time i'm just like what a waste of a really great character you never know how much of it had to do with like jennifer beale like only wanting to do like i'll do a season of star wars but i only you know because she's she's older so it's like you like at that age it's like you sort of want to pick like your roles because like like it's going to take that time out of your life and you're older and you know not as energetic although you know the a lot younger, but... You know the reason why I disagree with that? Because it would have been so easy for them to be anywhere else then. Like, why blow up specifically Garza's place when they could... They have an entire moss whatever to fight in? Well, they might have been like, we only have her character for one season because... They just never go back there. You know, they, if they do... Yeah, anything, but they I know, but what if she's there. really... What if, what if she was really popular and people are like, blah, 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 and that, you know, or, you know, and... and and having and like and sometimes actors and actresses are like, well, if I die at the end of it, it gives my character an arc at least, <laughs> you know. But but then she does. She doesn't even have a character arc. She's just there. Well, uh, well, I'm eating a, a, a tragic, you know, a tragic. Instead of just disappearing, they have a tra, you know, a tragic death, you know, or something. Or maybe she was like, make sure I get killed because I don't like what if I'm really popular and I just don't have time to do another season of star Wars, you know, who knows, you know, there's, there's so many different That's factors. That's not her problem. Still. That's a studio problem. They just go, okay, we'll never go back there. And even then they could always just like digitally yeah. edit her in the background. <laughs> just being like having her walk through and be like, look, there's Garza. She's fine. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe, and they Jennifer, can make a maybe Jennifer ex- Beale was like, I have to maybe like, she was like, I saw what happened with Harrison Ford. He didn't get to die until, he signed a new contract. I want to make sure that I die. <laughs> Guaranteeing I can't come back to stars because I don't want to be typecast in stars. Or maybe her agent said that. I don't know. I don't know. There just could be a myriad reasons beyond the story why they, they did that. But I was bummed they did that too because I was I was mm-hmm. ple- like I was like Jennifer Beale, but I had I had not thought of Jennifer Beale since the eighties. I thought she just sort of stopped acting and then I was just like Wait, that was Jennifer Beale? Wait, because Jen- I didn't think anything about it. Then I'm like, wait, last time I saw Jennifer Beals was like, she was playing the Bride of Frankenstein with Sting in the 80s. And uh, I mean, she was beautiful then, but that was a long time ago. You know, how old is she? And, and she, she looks like she's in her, like, she could be anywhere from her 30s to 40s in, in this. And, you know, I mean, granted, she's in makeup and stuff, but geez, she was. She looks great. Yeah, and it, and it was just it, it's it, it's 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 sort of like Carl Weathers. It's like good they're like they were both good actors that just sort of like you know good bordering on great actors that just sort of like disappeared or never really gained like the prominence that they should outside of being character actors and yeah and then they're there and gone. But who knows? They'll be in there next season. You know, maybe somebody else. Cool. But yeah, hate to see her go. But 
that's all I have for the episode. Do you have anything else? I do not. And I'll, I'll probably have more to say about Garza's death when we get there. Because I, I do have some thoughts, which are very similar to what I've already spoken now. So just put mm-hmm. up in all this because it's going to come back. We don't know what the second viewing will do for us either. So who knows? Yeah. But so, yeah. Go up the episode for me, Chris. I gave it an 8.5. It would have been a 9 if it wasn't for the Sarlacc Pit. I think the Sarlacc Pit was the only, was like the only thing that kept this from being just, a, I mean, just a fun to watch. I mean, that was even fun to watch. But like, yeah, it was a, just a highly entertaining episode. Yeah, so 8.5. We tied. I also have an 8.5. Yes, 8. 5. I see that. Because like, I, I really like everything in this episode, except for, like, it's still missing those character things. Like, if we had that conversation with Finnick, like, when she transitioned to her loyalty to Boba, like, this would have easily been a 9 or a 9.5. But, like, the lack of time for the character stuff and the pacing with the character stuff, like, drives me batty. And it just, it makes it, makes it feel like there are pieces missing. And at times it's a little clunky. I, um, and I'm just sitting here like, yeah, I don't mind the shorthand. It's just shorthand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's different strokes for different folks because, like, I am a character person. Like, that's just, I, that's how I consume. And so it does. Like, do you ever think maybe, like, in shows like this where they know, like, especially Star Wars, where, like, you know, Star Wars, Harry Potter, Star Trek any fan base that has a huge number of people that are going to be doing fanfic and stuff like that. Do you think maybe these days they, they do a little bit of like, you know, a little bit of adding and subtracting and fit and like get leaving, leaving leeway. Cause they know there's going to be people who like want to fill in like all, you know, leaving room for people that like, have fun filling in the blanks or maybe fill in blanks in a way they could use someday. <laughs> I, you know, I, I actually got into a very heated debate with Megan about this very point, which was actually over about, it was, it was about the character of Reva in, in Kenobi. Um, and the whole idea was how, it was like how it was handled that like she was kind of like the lowest totem pole of the inquisitors and how they were like we found you in the trash and blah 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 and she was like why not show that more and i was like and and the point that i came at with which i'm gonna say i don't agree with this because this is because it's the exact same problem with the sequel trilogy when you are not showing it on screen because you're purposely leaving it open to be explained in like shows books and comics like how not everybody is going to read watch those things oh no i yeah yeah and so like we can say like all the time like in the sequel trilogy there is a ton of books that explain the rise to the first order but if joe schmo is watching a star wars they're not gonna read the books in the comics no no, i'm not i'm not saying that i'm saying the fans themselves they leave it for the fans to like you know, for you know, it, it generates well, energy by I, like I, having I, people be like, you know, maybe this happened with Reva. I'll write a fan fiction about it. And, I you hear know. you, but the the point I hear you, but the point I'm making is I do think some of this is conscious corporate choices where they're like, we are purposely leaving openings so That's we what can. I'm saying too. Yeah. Yeah, but you're coming from a fan point of view. I'm coming from a corporate point of view. Where they are purposely leaving these things open. So, like, if they ever wanted to do a Reva show, 
they could they could do a real right, show. Yes, yes, and yes, for but sure. Does, but does that make it a like like? There's a new Inquisitor book coming out next year. I can almost promise you that R- Reva's going to be in it. Like that would probably that would totally work for her character. But does that then in turn make Kenobi weaker? Because it's or make the I think the sequel trilogy is actually a better example. Does that make the sequel tr- trilogy weaker? Because the thing about the original Star Wars, the the Empire was already established. It was good versus evil. It's been around for a while. But in the sequel trilogy, there's the question of like, where did these guys come from? Why are they still here? Isn't the Empire already destroyed? And they it felt like they left those open to fill in, like to sell books and comics and shows. Yes. And so that does that in turn much to the detriment of the film too. Exactly. And so like I don't have a big problem with it in Kenobi, but I I can see the I do have a bit of a problem with it in the sequel trilogy. Um and I it just so to me like my tinfoil hat theory is there is some purposeful leaving open plot holes so other pe- so other writers can fill in the gap to sell stuff. See with 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 the TV shows you gotta, you gotta figure. They got years to. They want to fill years and you're indefinitely into the future with stories, so they're they're probably in no hurry to like use up a character's story potential. So you're only gonna get like shorthand of anything that isn't in the immediate story when they're on screen with that with those characters, because then you can then, you know. Because if you if you if you run someone's story arc out or kill like these you know, like a Thrawn or something like that, you run his story arc out or you or you 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 run it till they like die or something like that. That's that's a that's a paid Disney character that sh- that you know could be ma- you know could be making money out there hoofing it for you know for however long. They have to do it and you know to to keep the story you need you need that cast of familiar characters and stuff so it's like it's a pickle you know yeah because i i I could see because one of the arguments i've been seeing about andor for example is andor has only been in one movie prior to the show and so i've heard some people just being like i'm not really interested in this because it's not one of the main characters it's not like like Mando was different because it was the first live action show. So like everybody was watching because it was like, and then of course there's the merchandise boom that was baby Yoda. But like with Andor, we've had a several live action shows. So when you're going against something like Kenobi, which is a legacy character, more people know what, like know what Kenobi is, but probably a more Joe Schmo person. It's, mm-hmm. and I, and I know this from my mom. My mom was like, I wasn't a really big fan of Rogue One. So I'm not really interested in Andor. And yeah. And, and so and I, it, it actually puts Andor on the back foot, and which is why I'm interested to see something like Skeleton Crew, which is all new characters. You know, like how is that going to fare when it's all new characters yeah. and there's like no, there's no movie characters? Because at least it, Cassian has Rogue One. Skeleton Crew, from the sounds of it so far, is going to be all original stuff, which makes me personally excited because I want more of that. But I can understand that Joe Schmo, who just sees like the movies, is not going to be risk. like watching it's it. It's a risk for Disney. But also, I think Disney has also seen and understood that like Rogue One was one of those things where I, I don't know if it was one of the more successful of the non-numbered ones. But it, it and it was. was one of the better reviewed and 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 such like that. But it wasn't like huge, mungus, 
you know, sort of thing. It was sort of it, it, like over time, people were like, you know what? This is really like the best of the the Disney Star Wars movies and stuff like that. And I think Andor will be like that. And when people start and the stuff is good. Now the stuff is going to be sitting around for years, you know, to, to watch and people who might not be interested in something might be like, you know what? I, I just read a little listicle article that said Andor was really better. I, I'm going to watch Andor again or like I'll watch Rogue One and then I'll watch Andor just to see what it's good. And all of a sudden, you know, like Andor is, you know, there's just no doubt about it this far into the show that it's going to make watching Rogue One a different experience. So and, here's a fun and thing. A more you ready? And a more meaningful experience. So I'm a- I'm, I'm going to throw a thing out just because I Googled it. Um, box office-wise, Rogue One tied with Revenge of the Sith. Sith. They both had $1.3 oh, wow. They both had $1.3 billion. And it beat out Tross and Attack of the Clones. Uh. And Solo. Um, it also beat out the uh, Clone Wars movie, but that's a special case because it was not promoted. And it's what, a freaking what Stein didn't of a movie. beat out the Star, the Clone Wars movie, probably. So yeah, so it beat office. Solo, Attack of the Clones, Trust, and it tied with Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. So, but at the same time, yeah, yeah. So it it it, it did well, and uh, but like, I mean, I just. I can't tell you how many people were announcing how not interested they were in Andor when they announced it and were showing trailers and stuff going like, I don't know, why should I care about this? And, mm-hmm. you know, and that seems to be turning around as as people watch it. People are like uh, what, one of my friends who's like not a super heavy nerd just posted like this Andor show is really good, you know, and I have a friend like that, too, because I was I was talking on Twitter and this is like one of my like Sherlockian friends who, like, has seen, like, the main Star Wars movies, but, not, like, hasn't really deep-dived on shows or anything. And I was talking about, like, the politics of Star Wars and stuff like that, and she was like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, if you want, like, super political Star Wars, that's, like, tackling stuff and, like and, police and brutality. Intense personal stuff. You yeah, know, and I'm like it's, atta- like, it's tackling, like, police brutality and stuff like that. And she texted me over the weekend, and she was like, Holy shit, this Andor show is good. And she is not a Star Wars yep. person. Yeah. Like, I would argue, like, Andor is the show. And, and I've thought about this, too, with, with Billy. Because um, Billy's a Star Trek person. She's, she's tried Star Wars. It's not for her because uh, it's just not her jam. But, like, this would be the show I would show her. Because I know, like, this is would be in the wheelhouse of stuff that she likes. Because it is so realistic and, like, real world and political. Because her argument was, like... You know, because it's more of a fairy tale, like it was so very basic and she always wished that Star Wars was more political, which is why it never captured her. And I was like, and she also wished that there was more world building in the movies. And I was like, you need to watch Andor because that's everything you want. Like, this is I'm, the show that you show non-Star Wars fans. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, and, and the, the Gilroy said he absolutely doesn't want to do fan service, but he'll do fan. He does fan service because there's Yularen. But I still that's that's interesting but because it's I'm not really. But here's the thing. It's I'm, I'm going to come earned back to real. It's earned real, not rubbed in your face. It's meaningful and it, and it, and it just happens and it flows with everything. So he's he'll tie things in. I'm just saying this because you know what I want. You know what I want. I want Ball. the palp. I, I want the palp. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, but not a not an Andor, maybe, maybe, maybe an Andor. But um, no, I want the palp. I you want know, the palp. Um, if he's watching... on TV, uh, if he's if he comes in to 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 personally straighten out a bunch of Imperials and scares the hell out of everybody. I don't care what he's doing. He's getting his nails done. He's just like, we have to talk to the Senate about it. I don't give a shit what it is. I, I would love to see the palp in this show because they will make him terrifying. And no matter how much they're playing this, like we're serious here, there's still show business involved in this. I think they're going to like rogue one at some point have, you know, that Darth Vader scene, not, with Darth Vader probably, but like that scene where, where, where we get to see a heavy in full, like, I want to see what happens. I've seen, you know, when we see Palp, he's hanging around with other Jedi and, or, you know, with Je uh, other Sith and Jedi and stuff, other force people and chewing the scenery and stuff. I want to see what happens when Palp comes to a fucking boardroom meeting and it's just like, attention, you know, when the door just opens up and he's just like, silence, you know, or like, so, <laughs> who so wants my, a donut? My, my slight counter to this was I, I heard this theory and I think this is probably the most likely, but we won't know until we get like a behind the scene thing, like behind the scenes of the show or whatever. Um, Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained has a theory that he's talked about in several of his videos that I, I think is probably more likely, um, which is Tony Gilroy is not a Star Wars fanboy. And so what probably ended up happening was Tony wrote the show he wanted with the characters that he wanted, and then he gave it to the story group. And the story group was just like, here's where we can slide this stuff in. Like Tony Gilroy was probably just like, Luthen has an antique shop. And the, then the story group was like, we'll decorate the antique shop yes, and, and put it in. And same thing with you, Lauren. Like he probably was just like, I'm writing this character that is one of the ISB dudes that you told me about. And they're like, it should be you, Lauren. Cause in canon, he's the head person. And Tony was like, oh, tell me about you, Lauren. And, and wrote it on in, which is probably like the more collaborative way this went, which that that I like that theory. I could actually see that being very plausible of him just being like, I'm gonna write the story and then let the story group make suggestions and then I'll edit as I go and then the story group can decorate. <laughs> I'm saying but, I'm saying even for him though, like having Palpatine in this is like not a it's not like it, it would it's not an indulgent thing to I mean it could be done indulgently, but it's not an indulgent or stretching reality in any way shape or form to have Palpatine in this, especially the way they sort of seem to be working up the ranks. You know, we're see we started at the bottom level of the Imperials and we keep we're in the sort of still upper echelons of corporate. But we're I have a feeling we're gonna follow that one woman like all the all the all the way up and maybe she'll have a meeting with Palps, you know, at some point. Maybe she'll get congratulated by Palps at some point or something. But like you know, it's it's not, it's not a stretch of imagination. I I just want it. I want it. Well, we know for sure oh. it's coming in Bad Batch. Yeah. And we know it's a cinema shot too. Because and I got to, I got a little bit Kenobi, you know. And but I will say that like we know it's a Senate shot because in the Bad Batch trailer it's Palp in the Senate. 
because Omega is like sitting there like, uh. yeah. <laughs> Which, why is Omega on Coruscant? I need to know. I want that match. You're going to know. I know, I know. Anyway, did you, um, did you have anything else? No, I got nothing else. Well, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. Maybe we'd one day get Spotify if I can fucking talk Chris into it. (laughs) (laughs) You don't understand, Chris. Hate them. No, but like, no, but the thing is, is like, it's the main podcast platform now. Like, it's not Apple anymore. I know. There's a whole podcast to be made about that. I'm I'm completely aware of that on, on and what it implies. Same oh. with I, Apple, iTunes, all them, all them bastards. I'm going to ask you a question and put you on the spot. And if you don't want to have this conversation, please feel free to edit this out. All right. If we open it up to the listeners and see if they would rather listen to on Spotify, would you reconsider? Um, or is this a hill you're dying on, which is a yeah, no, I mean, a we're not gonna last on Spotify for 10 seconds because of things that we have in our podcast, like literally, like. Bots are going to swoop in and go like, oh, I recognize that. Boom. They'll be that. <laughs> and two, Technically, I, it should be happening for iTunes, but we've been slid, we've been sliding by that for years. Sliding. Well, we, we started it early before they did that. And maybe our on like our feeds are. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it's and yeah. And the same, like if we went to Facebook, um, and yeah, and I, I don't Spotify. What's the other one? Spotify, huh? I was gonna say, like Facebook has a podcast plat. I'll, like the bit, any of the big platform, and like Spotify treats their the musicians horrifyingly bad. And yeah, but but yeah, you said there was another reason. What was the other reason? The Another reason, like that, I just don't like Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah well, um, they, they'll insert they insert ads and they will insert ads into a podcast while it's going. Don't like that. Don't like that. If it's inserted, I want to insert it. And there's a reason I don't insert them <laughs> for the mm-hmm. last fifteen years or whatever. You know, it's yeah yeah it's uh it's it's tough and that's the that's the thing is that's the that's the 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 thing that it's the it's a component in every media of of where like you know the chokehold is always at like some godforsaken horrifying company that wants to suck you dry and that's where everybody goes to goes to get it you know because it's easiest and i'm not faulting people for that you know no but like most people don't have time to figure stuff out but yeah it leads to you know it's the same as amazon you know that company um led by the guy that you want to beat with a baseball bat (laughs) 
you know people hate yeah. people hate amazon but at the same time they they are using it every day because it's convenient of its convenience and it makes itself pretty much the most convenient and easiest to easiest option and and that wins <laughs> yeah i hate it hate it feel free to edit that out because whenever i asked you before it was just like no we're not doing that but, but that's yeah, like yeah. The, no no that's I'll, the leave actual... I'll leave it out there. i'm interested to see how people what, what people think about it all i, I, that's I actually know, the first i'm not clear... looking for people to like back me up because i know i'm a fucking i'm a fucking crank about it you know i know i'm an old but that, that's like the first Scott. time you've given me like a straight answer of like here are the reasons and it's, long, it's a long conversation i mean it's literally it's a, literally a three-hour podcast on its own if like you know it you know it, it has that's our, it, it, that's it, our next year the shit episode yeah really tied in uh, tied into like why i always and as i will in the the near future like in a few minutes you know uh talk shit about twitter yeah yeah anyway we're talking about feedback which actually is a very short one um, but I wanted to say this because this was, I think, an RBAD, so which is why I wanted to bring it up. But this week, our feedback for, comes from our episode of The Mandalorian, The Tragedy, which is the one that we had Arzu, Hannah, and Maggie on. And actually, before you read it, um, I was talking with Joey from Krypton to Alderaan podcast, and uh, he actually listened to that episode. And because I, I was helping him with a project and Joey was, Joey was just like, I really love that episode. It was so much fun just to hear you guys just let your thirst go. And I was like, yeah, that was exactly why I wanted them on the show, Joey. And he was just like, it was just such a fun listen. Thank you for it. So, um, which of course we were talking on Zoom, so I didn't have like actual words to write down. But thank you, Joey, for like talking about this episode too and it was i'm glad i could help you with your, your project and go listen to krypton to alderaan they're really fun over there they they do mostly star wars but as the name implies they do other stuff too and now you read <laughs> oh okay that was the introduction to our uh our uh, feedback yeah just okay. your one little your it's little an easy little it's an easy one it's from diego lemos and he said please name of the fic so this is in reference to Arzu's fic, um, because we we had talked about her Boba and Finnick romance fic, but I realized when Diego commented this, we never actually named the fic or gave the link, I don't think, because it's not in the show notes, right? I no, I think we did link it in the show notes. I think like we I, I, I think we actually did like I think we actually did a like Got to remind it, I wrote it down in my notes, and then, like, when I was posting it, got the link from you. Hold on. I, th I, have I, think, I think it might actually be in there. I have the power. I'm going to double-check right fast. That's right. But, That's what I was say. It's, it's the right there on the internet. Yeah. Hold on. I have the internet. Oh, I, I clicked one page too far. Hold on. The tragedy. So, um, the thick... Uh... No, her fic is not in the show notes. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say this now. So when you're editing, you hear me. We will put Arzu's fic in these show notes. 
But I'm going to go ahead and tell you how to find it if you want to read it. And this is her Boba and Finnick romance fic. Um, it's on Archive of Our Own. And it's her name is A Spark of Hope and there's underscores. So it's A underscore spark underscore of underscore hope. And the name of the fic is A Heartless Woman and the Man in Black. So we have now fixed our mistake, <laughs> which is exactly why I was like, oh, yeah, we never did that. <laughs> so there you go, Diego. And I, Diego, I also linked you on Facebook. Um, I, re I responded to your comment and I, I linked it there as well. So now you have it and enjoy. It's a nice, romantic, s sultry, smutty Boba and Finnick fic. So have fun. So, And of course, thank you, Arzu, Hannah, and Maggie for being on that show. So... Ah, oh, we still don't have candy, so Chris, do you have anything else? Uh, no, just... Uh, and we are not entitled the, to the, candy, uh, Dario. If you just one day just don't want to send us candy anymore, that's totally cool. We we survived like 150 episodes without candy. <laughs> just just on the candy candy aspect. You have uh, candy? I, I don't know. I know, but sweet things. I don't usually buy... Hostess products, but I was at a store buying my energy drink this morning, and I saw this thing called the mini Hostess Mini Bunt cake, Ooh. and they have strawberry ones, Ooh. teeny teeny tiny bunt cakes, and I have to say the strawberry ones taste like somebody took a bunt cake, soaked it in real strawberry juice, and then shrunk it down. It's super intense. They're teeny tiny, so I'm like, oh, this is just a couple bites, but it's super intense, and it tastes like real strawberry juice. And they're good. They're good. So heads up. But that's I, I, I don't have any sweets. Um, I actually, this is Cheez-Its, because when I'm recording for Light and Dice, this is like my go-to snack, and now it's kind of a thing where I'm like, I always must have Cheez-Its on me, so this, uh -huh. this is my thing, so. But if you don't have anything else, where can people find you, Chris? You can find me at 2TrueFreaks.com. That is our website where we keep all our podcasts, including this one. And we are also on Facebook where we have the Two True Freaks podcast page. And uh, we post all our podcasts on that. We have the Two True Freaks Cantina on Facebook where we hang out and talk. And um, if you want to go to goddamn Twitter, almost, well, it's, it's, it's worse than Spotify. But you can go to our Two True Freaks Twitter page, and that's run by hero of two true freaks gene hendrix who was just uh just uh in one of our audio plays playing a, a young man so hats off to the guy who wades through the sewer of twitter gene gene the i was a teenage gene machine gene runs our goddamn twitter account gene gene <laughs> but that's where they can find me you called it goddamn Twitter, so I was like, yeah, okay. Where can they find you? <laughs> it is goddamn Twitter. It is goddamn. <laughs> um, You can find me at Jedi on Twitter. I run our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Molinex. I am also a staff writer for the Kiki Waffle, and I'm also a contributor for Dork Side of the Force. 
Um, I am about to start writing probably a few things about Tales of the Jedi, which I am super excited about. Um, and also, I've been writing about Andor and all sorts of things, and I'm having a good time over there. Please check out my work. I like getting paid. Um, and also, you can find me over on For Light and Dice, which is another podcast that I do with our listener Charles and our friends Chris, Jess, Nathan, and Colton. And it is a real play Star Wars tabletop podcast. And we just recorded our third session. And we are just, the plot is thickening. We might have accidentally killed a person. <laughs> the person died, but we, it was an accident. And now we're fucked. Um, and we are just having a really good time up there. It's such a passion project of, for all of us. And when me and Charles and Chris originally like envisioned this, like it's exactly what we wanted. And we are having a blast. And honestly, listeners, if, if you're listening to For Light and Dice, uh, let me know. I, I'd love to know your thoughts. I'd I love to, to know what you guys think of it. Um, please shoot me a message. I, I would love to know so I can share it with everybody. Um, but yeah, so you can check that out at For Light and Dice. And we're just having a really good time over there. So, Chris, do you know what next week is? Yeah, it's uh, Mandalorian 2.5. It's Mando time, which I'm really excited about. But again, I have slightly mixed feelings about the episode, but I'm also really excited about them. Because so. <laughs> they're kind of some of the best episodes of the season, which is kind of a mixed thing of just like, why are the best episodes not about Boba Fett? Uh. I don't care. I don't care either. So. Um, so come back next week, you guys, where we will be talking Return of the Mandalorian. And I won't be caring. I won't be caring either, but I'll be thinking about it in the back of my head. I'll probably think this. I always we're if, if I didn't be, have we're not going to be Karens about this show. If I didn't have things to say, this would be a bad podcast. That <laughs> <laughs> you come here because we both have things to say. So, all right, you guys, come back next week. Bye. 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 Visit our website at two true freaks.com. Two true freaks is always spelled T W O T R U E F R E A K S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at Two True Freaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks.
Hi, this is John Waters, and you're listening to Two True Freaks. Keep on listening, or I'll have you killed. 